Welcome to Kafaru Cast, everyone. I have a one of my favorite guests of all time on again. You haven't been on that much, but Tom Clum Sr. from Rocky Mountain Specialty <laughs> Gear. What is this, your third or fourth visit on here? Uh, something like that, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, it's been a few, but it's been a long time. Actually, even since we've talked, um, I probably haven't seen you a couple months. I know. Yeah, I had to catch up on what you've been doing when I, I got here this morning. I did visit, visually see you a couple times at yeah. <laughs> the rain. <laughs> Wave in passing, right? Yeah, yeah. I just say, said hello. But, you know, usually at the end of uh, a season, Tom and I will get together, shoot shit, kind of go over trials, tribulations, what's going on, improvements I can make or things I'm doing wrong. And I also sometimes uh, will will kind of make a log of, of all the questions people are answering me that that I'm going to in turn probably ask him. And for for me, I have, what has it been now, four years, I guess, since I started? Five, five years. Well, it's been five years, but one year I shot a compound. So Right, right, okay. Relative uh, newcomer to, to traditional archery. So there's things that I'm still learning like anything. I mean, I shot a compound forever and I was learning, but there's, there's certain things that I am very confident in giving advice on arrow penetration, broadheads, tuning, mm-hmm. that, things like that. I'm pretty good at other things. When you start talking about, uh, the mental game, which is what I want to talk about first and form, I have what works for me, but what works for, for me may work for one out of 10,000 people or, or one out of a thousand everybody's brain works a little differently. And so I, I, I'm a little nervous sometimes about giving in advice because it's hard for me to remember totally crapping my pants, forgetting to look through a peep sight on a compound or half drawing on a stick bow or whatever, because I haven't done the, the stick bow stuff long enough. And I got so good with the compound, I didn't really ever have too many issues. So those are the kind of things I, I definitely want to run by you. Some different mm-hmm. scenarios, questions that have come in. If you're if you're cool with that, yeah. Can I can I make a comment on what you think your advice or how good or bad it might be? I think that your advice would be outstanding because what you do mentally is what we're trying to get everybody to do mentally. In in all actuality, Aaron. Well, um, I, now the way you might work for you might not connect and might make not might not make the light bulb go off for a different guy. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, uh, maybe your wording might not connect, and you need to find four different ways to word it. But really, what you do and what you drive is what everybody should do, and how everybody should drive it. When one of the things I've had to start do late, what driving, you know, I think I put eighteen thousand miles on my. Did you see the new Raptor? Yeah. That no. Awesome? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't because it was a camel one before. Um, yeah, so I traded that in. I got the Shelby Saline Baja edition. Oh, man. You should go drive it. Just to, it It's like 750 horse. But <laughs> I put 18,000 miles on the other one in three months. So I was driving a lot. Yeah. So one of the things I did, I rigged up my phone because I said, I'm getting these questions of what a, a, a Joel says, what you say, what um, a Dudley says, a Levi, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, I just heard from this guy this. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to start listening to all of you guys so I actually know what you, you did say. Like, people can take things out of context or, mm-hmm. or, or cherry pick, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and cherry picking happens a lot where generally in life what I've found, if, if, if somebody's teaching you something and they tell you to do ten things, you might be okay doing nine of them. You pick seven, you're probably going to suck just as bad. You generally have to do all the things that the guy says, the coach says. Yeah. You agree with that? Yeah, yeah, there are certain, yeah, I do agree with that. But if you're under a system to get 
you know, to reach your potential. Yeah, you got to knock off seven, then eight, and then nine, and and you, put it into an entire system. Yeah. There are certain things that if you change this, yeah, wow, um, it's going to be pretty impressive. Uh, tra- you know, mental game transformations or management of target panic in a day, it can be transformational. When people say, hey, this guy said this, what do you think? I'm like, is that actually what he said? True. Is there other things he Man, said? Man, I, I yeah. hear people repeat back what, what they learn from me, and wow, does it sound different. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a focus is on one element that is just part of the whole thing, yeah. So I've I've become listening to uh, Dudley, Levi, you, Joel, and um, Rod. Yeah. Good Lord, Rod. Listening to everything, okay, you know, what these guys are saying. And for the most part, I would say that you can't argue all of you would, well, the form coaches, because Joel's not really as much of a form coach as a mental coach. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when in doubt, keep pulling. Redneck-ish, yeah, I would say that's fairly true. Mm-hmm. Like, it's better than when in doubt, collapse, right? Like, you know, when you when you're when, make sure you're pulling through the shot yeah. obviously there's he'll a lot he'll take a more. guy's process no matter how good or bad it is and he'll he'll help them be a much better shooter with the mental control that he gains mm-hmm. and really anybody that puts their talent into any repeatable process can become good mm-hmm. now when you that repeatable process involves great biomechanics great positions and movements holy mackerel can they get good well and and, and that's the thing where like there there's certain things that i think are are definite. Like I went in doubt, keep pulling. That's a little, you know, too much of a broad sword, but the general much, principle yeah. behind that. Yeah. You, you want to keep in general tension. principle. Yes. You have to shoot with increasing tension. The other pick a spot, another kind of a blank statement. You have but to aim. You got to pick a spot. You have to aim. actually aim. Yep. <laughs> and so when, when guys ask me like, what's going on in your mind when an animal comes in, I'm like 90% of the time, the right thing there's there's other <laughs> things that drift in there and things that happen and especially when you're if you go from from whitetail hunting where you're in a tree stand or ground blind mm-hmm. that is a in my opinion totally night and day difference in in the the big picture of a stock on a mule deer you have to worry about sticks and the wind and does eyeballs and where you're in a tree stand you still have to worry about that a little bit but when you're on a stock the the approach you make on your stock is every bit as important as the uh, shot execution because yeah, you have to have conscious control over multiple things. Mm-hmm. Where with the, in a tree stand, a little bit different, but you still can. I get more rattled in a tree stand by far than I do on a stock because I've made way more stocks than I've shot things out of a tree stand. So my my mental game is actually more difficult to control in a tree than it I have is an on opinion the on that. Uh-oh. You have time when you're seeing them coming mm-hmm. with nothing else to distract you. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not in the mode of cognitive control, conscious control, like where you're putting your foot, how you're setting your foot down, looking for the next place to step, checking in on the animal, make sure you're not in this peripheral vision. All these things that are putting you out of automatic mode and into conscious control mm-hmm. are already kind of preset on that stuff. You sit down and stand there in a tree stand, you're watching them come from 200 yards, you got lots of time for that respiration rate to go through the roof, your heart rate to go through the roof. Totally what screws me. And get into, <laughs> you know, Joel's term, lizard brain. Yep. Go into automatic mode. Well, and, and that's what generally, if it happens quick, golden. Golden, no, exactly. No that's exactly the way it happened. 
And so when people ask me, and there's things as, as you and I, and I, there's things that Joel says I totally agree with. There's other things I don't agree with. Same with any coach. And the one thing I will say, if you if you if you listen to Joel, and I, and I've tried to wrap my head around this with guys that there's things that 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 Joel does that they dislike, and things that he does that they like, and my opinion on it. If you don't like Joel, I don't know flicking your ear. Well, don't let him flick your ear, but focus on yeah. <laughs> the mental portion he talks about. I, if Joel flicked my ear, I'd, I'd probably conk him in the forehead. But five minutes after that, what he talks about with mental control when an animal's coming in, I was doing that when Joel brought it up to me, what's your mantra? And I'm like, you mean what do I say to myself? And I have some, I've done it for a decade or two. Like, yeah. what I say to myself. And you could, could you teach it? Did you actually know what you were doing? Could I fuck? Or at the time. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the time, you were doing all that stuff that Joel has to teach others to do mm-hmm. to help them through putting, putting control into the conscious mind. Yeah. But you were doing it automatically, and it was hard for you to teach because it was, you're like a natural athlete. You were doing that unaware that that is so, such a critical component of keeping your stuff together under pressure. Yeah, and, and, and some of these questions I get, and, I, and I'm not talking about just Joel here. This is, this is anyone where, I'm, I hate to compare it to religion, uh-huh. but you'll hear a lot of people, including me back in the day, I don't go to church because I, I just don't trust religious people, or I, I'd make some excuse up. And mm-hmm. then someone very smart would say, well, what's it have to do with them? Why, why are you bringing them into the This is your um, relationship with, with the church or with God or whatever, yeah. and focus on that. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't focus on this other stuff. Focus on on this. If this, if if I'm making any sense of this, where totally. If you're if you're picking um, uh, parts of 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 when I say parts, meaning things that you say, things that Joel says, or Dudley, if it doesn't specifically pertain to you or something you don't like, don't grab that portion of it. Right. Um, right. You, you know, leave leave that out. So like when and it, it doesn't diminish the quality of that material. No, and, and, and the thing that I tell people, if your brain doesn't work exactly like Tom Clum's or, or Joel's or Dudley's, uh, but there's parts that do, suck up those parts that are important that, that do work. The same meaning, we've talked about it before, the way that I, my form is not orthodox. It's very unorthodox. I hunch over a little bit. There's certain things I do that you probably wouldn't. More so before than now. I think your form is... It is getting Unbelie- better, unbelievably good <laughs> yeah. now. Like, really, textbook. I mean, you have to change this framework of what we teach into everybody's individual body. Mm-hmm. There were certain things because of how muscled up you were, you physically couldn't do, or lack of flexibility that you've worked on. Mm-hmm. And then you got your eye over the arrow with a big hinge at the hips instead of the sternum stay, so you were less upright. Mm-hmm. You've incorporated, and I just mentioned it on the side. And then you, I see you next time more upright. Yeah. I mean, you listen and yeah. you try things and see if it works for you and your body and your balance. And that's the way that my, my brain, my, my DNA works is you may never know that I was even listening to you. Right. But, but yeah, I but was. I saw it show up. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. I'll go home. I'll try it. If it works, it's implemented. If right. it doesn't work, I'll come back. I may ask you another question. Yeah, the mental game is not, in in my opinion, much different than form. And when I say that, meaning there's going to be a specific form and style that, obviously, with all the building blocks correctly. But somebody may shoot a 
a glove, but somebody may shoot three under. Some may some may string right. walk with a compound, maybe a hinge or a trigger, right. longer bow, shorter bow. But in the end, the if the the general mechanics are there, you're you're good. And then there's other things that I'm going to test um, with the mental thing. I this is where, and I don't say I disagree with with you or Joel or anyone else, but my views on the the mental everyone's mental how their brain functions is different everyone's different on how they'll handle okay. stress um yes oh, okay now uh, i'm looking for that's probably we when you add it on how they handle stress we found agreement again mm-hmm. but i have to at the risk of being a little different from my good friend aaron mm-hmm. no I, no i that's why you're here i have to <laughs> say that pretty much our brains pretty much work the same the, the the things that cause failure are very common to every single one of us. I would agree with so that. So I'll go to the one point of contention, maybe a little bit, linked bracing. Mm-hmm. The fact that our I, body, I, I, I definitely know, don't agree with linked bracing. Yeah. So let me <laughs> so let me make the case again, right? Yeah. Let me make the case again. Our body will respond to pressure, shock, or impact with contraction of muscles, or a flinch, or what we call a brace, or a Actually, it turns into movement, right? Yeah. And we did the little two-finger touch your hand, Mm -hmm. and you did make the example, yeah, if you were walking across a two-by-four on the ground, it'd be just walk across it, throw that thing 10 stories up, and you got to walk across that two-by-four. Everything's different, Mm -hmm. right? So when we did the little two-finger touch thing, you just like, do it again, I'll hold my hand still. Mm -hmm. The only way you'd hold your hand still is if you tighten up your shoulder. Gotcha. let, Let me dive in here. Here, here's where, uh, what link bracing or not. Okay, okay. So let's say for me, you can't say that I, have you ever seen me from shooting 300 rounds with an 80 pound bow? Right. Have you ever seen me suffer from target anticipation or linked bracing? No, but you manage your shot to not suffer from. Which, which is my point it. is the management. Portion. Correct. So right. Right. whether it's linked bracing or just shitting your pants Right. The management portion is how I feel everyone. And that's different. where you find agreement with Joel. That's where you find agreement with uh, out of this subject, we find agreement. Yes, yes. Because we agree that if you manage your shot in this manner, we're going to get past it whether it exists for you or not. Right. And and that's kind of the whole premise of this this podcast right. is not everyone's brains work the same and so when a guy gives me that's been listening to you and Joel and he went mm-hmm. on a stock Mm-hmm. And he's like, I didn't suffer from anything with linked bracing. I just lost my shit. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. don't worry about linked bracing and don't put too Correct. much of your. Okay, now yeah. I'm finding agreement <laughs> with you again. And that's right. What, and I, you know, a little more context to it. So, you know, as we're diving into this and unrolling the big ball of snakes, I'm like, well, dude, don't think about if you're going to suffer from linked bracing. When right. A, you're going to suffer from shitting your pants. It won't have anything to do with linked bracing. You've got 180-inch yeah. deer. You're going to suffer from going to automatic mode. Yeah, yeah. And not running a shot properly. And, and so what? Linked bracing is just a discussion of root causes of, of some of our misses. One of many issues that to can Yeah, it's just, it's just a little background. It doesn't have anything to do with how you're doing your business. It has nothing to do with anything. And, and, and believe me, as, as I've, as I've, as I've talked with, with you and, and Joel and, and all these different people mm-hmm. where I look at it is completely, not completely different, but if you, if you take someone, some people are going to get a bandaid put on themselves in a, in a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Will that fix transfer over when an animal's in front of them? And if it doesn't, 
what will be that fix? Because that's the, whether it's an animal or you're at a high, mm-hmm. high competition 3D tournament. Right. Or, you know, whatever is going to make you crap your pants. Is it the bow going off? Is it pin no, float? It's is it's it, more than that. Yeah, there's a lot to it. There's and so a lot to it. When guys start bugging me about length bracing and I'm like, do you suffer from that? Well, no. I'm like, send me a video. I'm like, length bracing is not your problem. You don't you do you do not Correct. have target anticipation. It, it, link bracing is underlying one of many other issues. Thing that's different <laughs> for all of us. You are very controlled, very you know, your mind you you don't react like other people do. It's 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 it doesn't have to be discussed to run a shot well. Right. And you, that's uh, and that's where we find absolute agreement. And some people can skip the link bracing worry and other people can't. I will be in total agreement. Oh, you see the flinch in some. Well, yeah. and a good example is if somebody says they're not suffering from linked bracing, whether however you want to twist that ball around or what, it's something to do with either the bow going off or the the release clicking or whatever. Whatever. But you've seen you click to flinch. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Well, when you click to flinch for for example on a, a hinge release that has a clicker. Right. You have right. a guy that's shooting pretty good with a trigger. Hand him a clicker. Uh huh. And it clicks, and he just right. To, okay. That's whether that's you call that linked bracing. Can I can I make my argument for that? You're no. seeing the link brace. The yeah. bow didn't go off, but he thought it was. Yeah. Well, and that's I'm agreeing with you. That's why I'm like that's the only time that resembles a dry fire with a firearm. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's listening for it and in, he's in, consciously reacting to waiting, it. The waiting. The brain hears it. Huh? And yeah. that's the flinch that normally is timed with the arrow going off, so you never get to see it. Mm-hmm. And that's the flinch that causes the arrow to be pulled off where it was aimed. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm agreeing with you on all that. Cool. I, I, yeah. Where I'm disagreeing. or I'm say I like to agree with Aaron. He's big and he's <laughs> mean, and I'd really like to agree with Aaron. Where I, where I not necessarily disagree, or, I would say, though, is uh, where I, I think people need to look at this is if you're not suffering from that, don't focus on it. No, that it's, shouldn't be a focus yeah. on how you manage your don't, shot. Don't, totally in agreement. It, yeah, get it doesn't it. even have to be a, a subject to discussion. Yeah. We like to, like, Joel likes to, like, here's some core reasons for what's going on. And I like to do that, too. They're like, you know, because you hear, like, the WTF, what is going on? <laughs> Why did that shot? I was, I, when I broke that shot or when I made that shot go off, that pin was right on the X-ring, and it's sitting there. Four or eight inches up to the right. I, I don't get it. So now we can discuss what's going on that times with the bow going off. And then, okay, now, now that you know that that's a reaction time with the bow going off, this is how we manage it. Well, and it, I always refer to it when I'm t- troubleshooting. You got a leaky building. Where's it leaking from? You got to yeah, start yeah. stepping down from top to bottom. Link bracing is one of the steps. Yeah, but that it's, hole in the roof had nothing to do with the tar you got to put on it to fix the hole. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly. And so when I'm when I'm when I'm walking through these, and one of the reasons I started listening to everybody more and more and more, one is just you you're boarding in a truck for twelve hours driving. The other one is okay, uh, as 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 guys are approaching me with something you said or or, or Joel or whoever. Uh, is it applicable to that person? Because they got a hold of me because um, maybe I'm more, uh, my, my number's out there more or whatever. They're going to ask yeah, me. Yeah, but you're gonna... extremely knowledgeable. You are a great source of information. Uh, that's not your main focus of what you do every day. So when I have to, as, as a 
job as a coach, mm-hmm. I have to find six different ways to communicate <laughs> the same thing based on what you just said. Our brains don't work the same. I think they work the same, but we don't hear things the same. We don't internalize it the same. We don't. And I actually would agree with that. It's the way I explained it is, is every human for brain that works guy, the and same. For many, the majority of others, the way you explain it would, they could put that into use. But for that, for some people, yeah, I, you got to think of another way to put it to make that thing happen. And certain training works for some people better than others. Yes. I'm a guy, and Matt Chan, he's a CrossFit guy. He's, he's, he, we talked about it once where I'm like, I just told you to do it. Why aren't you fucking doing it? I just told you. Right. That doesn't work for some people. Doesn't work for my wife. She doesn't would, like but it. But I bet it would work for you. Works great for me. I've told you before. You I'm like, told Tom, me, just like, smack Tom, the quit, shit out quit of me. being pussyfooting around. Yeah. I'm like, just tell, just <laughs> whack me in the back of the head. Right. Yeah. Because that's your personality. So I, it's funny, in a coaching session, mm-hmm. if I'm having a <clears throat> trouble getting a guy to work through a trigger, stay in the controlled movement to get that sear to break on his release, right? It's funny. Some guys, and I change my personality because I'm low key. That's my normal personality. But some guys, I'll ramp it up like, gosh, dang it, you got to F. F and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, my lips moving isn't making it happen for you. Yeah. You hearing me talk isn't making it happen. You actually got to put your effort into making that move strong and steady and just stay in the dang thing. That works for some guys. Yeah. Some other guys, I got to, whoa, reel it back softer than my normal. Like, I literally hum and whistle. Like, okay, yeah, go ahead and knock the arrow. And I'm, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I just take it way down, like way down for that guy. Because sooner or later, he has to have success and go, oh, that actually works. Yeah. And then he might punch out of the next one, but I take it down again. I don't, and have, I'm your pa- I don't have your patience. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I take it way down, and all of a sudden he stays, because now I ramp down that reactive system that he's jumpy dude, right? Yeah. And I, and I ramp it way down further, and I, okay, now that, here we go. And you just get used to seeing that. See, we can have a discussion, look at that, that pin staying, just floating on the bullseye. Now here we go. Okay, just start that pressure, and keep running, keep pressing, keep, and boom, he makes another one. All of a sudden his confidence bubble grows yeah and all of a sudden he's like oh i can do this mm-hmm. and they just in yeah he punches out he has some success for a couple and it can and that confidence grows and all of a sudden it gets easier and easier and easier and sooner or later that's a guy that i can give the raspberries to and start okay now we got to find a little pressure that makes you fail again and now we got to find a way to just st- you know lock your mind on this thing here's the tools we use to lock your mind on that task Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you make him fail, but then you ramp up the determination because he knows he can do it. Now, damn it, I can do this. And, you know, Joel talks about determination as a factor. It's huge, right? Well, and and let's touch, touch on that with the, with, with the ter- determination. Uh-huh. I had two guys I was coaching not long ago, mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the, the patience you have. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it probably 20 minutes into it, I basically said, not basically, I said exactly this. I was like, do you want to suck the rest of your life? <laughs> and uh, yeah. they're like, what? And I'm like, if you don't listen to what I'm telling you, yeah, you're going to be mediocre. And it's not my, it's just standard coaching, right? I said, but if you cannot execute your shot, if you, if you can't, if the certain steps you need to be making, if you can't do that, you're just going to be average the rest of your life. Are you okay with that? If you're okay with that, why are you here? Because you're not listening to me. Yeah. One of those guys went home, had, must have had an alcoholic's moment of clarity. Yeah. Came back and was like, 
I'm in it to win it. I'll do whatever it takes. The next guy was like, I'm a-okay with being shitty. Never came back. Yeah, it I, crushed him. Oh, it was horrible. I'm sure as a coach, I would be fired, right? Like, Well, a, it, good, a good coach recognizes the guy that needs the boot in the ass and yeah. recognizes the guy that needs a pat on the shoulder. Yeah. Well, and I wasn't there to – I'm bad about – You lost patience with this guy. You're not putting the effort in, damn it. Yeah, and that's where I'm like, look, if I'm here to help you for free, you need to listen. Yeah, and, and you, what you said is true. That is yeah. true. Yeah, well, and for the guy that came back, you know, I said, hey, this is what I would do. Take your sight off. Shoot for a half hour a day blind bail for the next week. Hmm? Once you feel and send me videos. Once you feel like you're, you know, don't send me videos of you doing the wrong thing. Once you feel confident and you're like, yep, I want Aaron to look at this. Send it to me. Then we're going to bridge that back. We're going to put your sight back on. Then we're going to shoot closer because of pin float. His big issue is pin float. He didn't really have the target anticipation. He had. He was a control freak. He had issues with pin float. And he just couldn't. Right, and that'll be one of the main points we want to leave with people. We're going to have a discussion pretty sooner or later. We've got to give some specific advice that that's the same for everybody. Yeah. Well, and, and you and I are going to be in complete agreement. They get stuck on the aim. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't make a transition into the activation movement. So we'll talk compounds. Yeah. So it's a real specific movement that they have to do slow and steady and trap their concentration on that until the bow goes off. Yeah. And – what I had tried to explain to that guy was even though my group at, at that day at 80 was a softball, my pin is floating probably more like a paper plate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I'm not holding into the size of my group, but I have been able to over time, all great shooters have, um, and not saying I'm a world-class shooter, but I mean, it, once you get good, you're able to just blow off the pin float. When I say blow off, you know, what's there and you're okay with it. You've accepted it. Totally fine, but you're looking through the your pin, burning a hole into the target, however you want to look at it. There's different mm -hmm. and and I'm just looking where I want to hit. Pin floats fine, release goes off, everything being equal. I'm generally in the middle. Mm -hmm. And he could not get around the fact that he was figure eight, wham, punch it. Right. I'm like, dude, you, you gotta knock that off. Like that's truly and my, my wife's a good example. She'll execute fifteen perfect shots in a row before we go hunting. Mm-hmm. She shot a mule deer at 36 yards, was by the foot. Are my pins off? I'm like, you know, and you can imagine how I am. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, your fucking brain is off. Get your shit together. <laughs> and I'm like, keep looking where you want to hit. And that's something I tell her all the time. I'm like, pick your spot, and you better be looking at it after the bow goes off. Keep looking at it. Well, right. what she does, she shoots, and she's like, ah, to see where it hits, flings her bow arm way low left. That's where she hits. And I'm like, you've got to keep concentrating on where you want to hit. Obviously, this is in the moment of truth. Not a lot of coaching going on. I'm just trying to get her to hit the damn the deer. Yeah. So can I put it in my coaching terms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same exact thing, right? We have to talk about the maintenance of the aim. We have to make a good aim. We have to put the pin on the target. And then you're telling the same thing. Well, you have to look to the pin and the, at the spot you want to hit. The thing is that you can, by trying to control the pin – and make it better than that float you see will only make it worse. Yeah. You Occasionally, have to turn the you'll have main... a puncher's chance where you might have that one absolutely. day. <laughs> absolutely. But you have to make a transition. You have to turn the aim over to subconscious maintenance of the aim mm -hmm. so that you can transition your conscious mind into trapping it on the movement that makes the bow go off. So 
you got two control systems, a subconscious and a conscious control system. What people don't understand is that subconscious reactions are faster than conscious reactions. Pin moves out, you consciously push it back in. Trust me, that is way slower because the brain learns its job. It's way slower than looking at the spot. The pin floats off the conscious, the subconscious puts it right the hell back the middle immediately. It passes the pin. It passes the bullseye. It immediately moves it back across the bullseye. Every time it passes the bullseye, it immediately moves the subconscious reactions. No control, no conscious control of that activity. That happens better through subconscious control than conscious control. Conscious control is only one thing at a time. You can only direct one thing consciously at a time. And whatever you're directing excludes the direction of anything else. So when you can leave the maintenance of the aim to the subconscious, that means you can transition conscious control into the movement that makes the bow go off, into increasing string tension, into the rotation that makes a hinge go, you know, into the back tension movement, and you trap it there. Now that you've trapped your mind on the movement that makes the bow go off, that excludes control of the aim because yeah. conscious control is only one. So it's really cool. When you put your mind on the task and trap your mind on the task that you should be in that part of your shot, you can't think of anything else. If you are solely focused on that trigger press, you can't think, holy shit, I hope I get this thing. He's freaking huge. You can't think, oh, got to get that pin stuck in there. You can't think the bad things if you're thinking the good things. So that's a good time to lead off into the whole reason I wanted you to come in for this portion. Yeah. Okay. Excluding targets and every. The animal coming in. Right. Okay. So what you just said is exactly what happens when an animal comes in. There's adrenaline and all kinds of other oh, crap. Oh, yeah. Happens, but usually from guys that I've talked to, including my own failures, mm-hmm. when you get not, and I don't mean when you go on a stock and, and, you know, you step on a stick and the deer starts moving. I mean, that'll throw you off. But mm-hmm. the moment of truth, when you, when the animal, whether it's a tree stand or a spot or a call in, mm-hmm. what is going on in your brain? At that, and this is where Joel was really good about talking about this. Mm-hmm. What is going on in your brain at that time to make you succeed or fail Correct. or get lucky? You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you do just get, you just get lucky, right? Yeah, I mean, when I say lucky, meaning you forgot to look through the peep site, but you still hit the animal and call it a victory. Something's dead, but it was a loss. You mm-hmm. you may have won the battle, but you lost the but war. But you punched out and you lucked out. Yeah, you lucked out, and you say shooting with hope. There's you know all kinds. Absolutely. Of, so when an, when it worked that time. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you, the thing is, is the next time it, it's Might probably not, not, not going to work, yeah. you know. Or, yeah. Yeah. So when you when you take like the the collective, you know, and I, I more and more lately, just because of the amount of questions I've asked, you know, you you guys talk about don't go on what, what sometimes I go automatic when an animal's in front of me. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's taken out of context because I would say I go automatic. I would bet, though. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong, that you're not automatic on your string tension. Well, then this is. This is what I'm getting at is it's a matter of taken out of context when I say I go automatic. I don't go automatic, meaning my brain goes on automatic. I go on automatic with a tried and true. Bingo. Yeah. So when I go on, (laughs) meaning I am not thrown off of anything at that specific time from what I would do with a 3D target. You know exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. That's why you shoot with confidence. Well, and that's where I wanted to make sure when we were talking about this when when someone that is a a killer says i go on automatic 
where maybe you or Joel would normally disagree with that terminology, if you break that down, right? what he's saying is he's a killer and he yeah, just doesn't. we misunderstood the words for sure. If you yeah. said I go automatic, I would completely, and that's what I did for decades. Yeah. Man, that's shooting with hope. Yeah. I knew how to shoot a bow. I didn't have to think about one thing of how I shot that bow. My focus was burning a hole in the target. Yeah. <laughs> There's the root of my problem. Yeah. If I'm burning a hole in the target... My mind had learned to release when it sees an aim. Aim, yeah. Shit, that hand didn't even get close to my face and that release happened. Yeah. Because the release got subconsciously linked to the aim because the aim was my focus. Yeah. If the aim is my focus, concluding my shot properly was not thought about because it can't be thought about. Yeah. If I'm burning a hole, I can't run the finish of my shot correctly. Right. I didn't know this stuff at the time. Well, and, and what happens with some of these guys is they try to think about all of this while there's an animal in front of them. And that, in my opinion, that's the recipe for you're, you're probably going to fail because you can't think about that much. You can't shit think at of one 10 time. things. No. And so when an animal comes in or I'm on a stock, you know, a few twists and turns aside, you know, I have kind of a thing I have in my head, but one of the things that I'm, you know, pull, pull, breathe, pull, pull. Now, does that mean I'm I'm pulling way past my? No, it just means keep tension, Snyder. Keep your shit together, or or whatever. Now you talk yourself through the finish of that shot is it, what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Through the yeah. whole the whole shittery. I mean, like I don't when I get an animal. Of course, this is a miss, but I I just deflection giant deer uh, in Arizona, unbelievable stock. You know, we're we're down to socks. We're at four hours. I mean, this is a very long drawn out pain in the butt of a stalk, right? So in the middle of this stalk, I'm 40 yards from this deer. Got a doe with it. It's a 5x7, 185, 190. Good deer. The buck is facing me, right? I'm laying under a cedar. He doesn't see me. And I'm, I'm there for a while watching him. This is how you also know you have control of your shot because you generally, if you have control of the stalk, you probably have a good control of your shot. Yeah, you're into conscious control by the process of making that stock. Generally, guys that blow stocks from being too anxious or whatever also probably don't have control of their shot at the same time because their brain works the same way with everything in life. If this... When under is, pressure, under the pressure. default for untrained people is to go automatic. Yeah. Look at an untrained fighter. He yeah. goes weird brain and he windmills in. That trained guy's going... No, no. Oh, I see. I got you now. Bop. It's done. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're going to be successful every time once you master this, but you're going to be successful a lot more. No, because we're <laughs> human beings and yeah. we're incapable of perfection. Or in this case, there's cedar branches in the way. Um, <laughs> or, or, in that, or that, yeah. But when, when I'm going in on this, I'm remaining cognizant of everything around me on the stock. The, 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 and now I'll say, and I'll probably get bashed for this, we were using radios, but these guys couldn't see hardly anything at this specific time. They got me to where I needed to go because they knew the deer was behind this tree, but they couldn't see the, the buck and the doe. So I'm laying there. The doe gets up. I'm watching the doe thinking, you know, please shift around and get behind, whatever, you yeah. know, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of this, the buck had a dropper on its right side of about six inches. Okay, so amazing buck. Really cool, yeah. So I'm laying low under this tree. And, and this will all come together here in a minute. I'm laying under the tree. I put my head down and just basically put my head on my for, my, my my forehead on my forearm because my neck is getting tired. Yeah, and just I, get comfortable while you're yeah. waiting. Yeah. So I bring my head up, and I'm like, Jesus, that buck's got a dropper on both sides. 
<laughs> and then the light pops on. Now you really want him. Well, no, what, what it was is he got up and turned around, and he's facing the other way. And immediately light pops on Snyder. You dumbass. He's facing away. Kill it, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. So then this happens in a shot as well. For example, like with a shot where a, a, a bull is facing you forever and all of a sudden it turns broadside, you're going to rush that shot because you've – so now do I rush the stock? Okay, you got to keep your shit together on the stock too. He's facing away now. Most guys, if you're not under control, are probably going to make a mistake because you've been waiting so long. Now they're like, go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm like, okay, what's the doe doing? She's eating juniper berries. Snyder's her head's buried in that thing. Creep up there and kill this buck. I pop up and I'm like, okay. Because you also have to make the shot, right? That's the problem with spot and stock. You can get as close as you want. If you suck, you're going to miss it, yeah. right? And if you suck, if you're great at shooting and you suck at stocking. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm like, four million, th- you know how it is on a stock. Branches, cactus, right? Wind, what's going on? Is he looking? Where's his head? So those heads buried up in a tree. I've got a solid 15 seconds, I figure, to close the distance between 42 to in that 30 range where I'm going to feel comfortable before she pulls her head out of those juniper berries and I'm screwed. Slowly take steps. I, I get to what I figure is 36 yards, 35, which is my wheelhouse. Still in your wheelhouse, yeah. Maybe right and in your wheelhouse. Now you you still have to stay cognizant of everything going on, and there is a cedar branch <laughs> dropping right in front of his vitals. Well, the guys watching me, they're like, how the hell is he even that close to this? They don't know he's facing away. Yeah. So they're like, what is he, invisible? And they don't know. And so they see me take one big step to the left. And they're like, you know, because it is a violent but controlled movement because I'm like, I got to get to the left and I got to get to the left fast to shoot this thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I take shot, doesn't matter, hits the branch and the arrow basically bounces off the deer. But circling, a, a, like like trying to convey this to people when they're putting them, they're, they're in the same situation they've screwed up, what all went on. So when I went to shoot the deer, I went from a total um, controlled and cognizant um, stock to shifting all of that to the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, you can't stock and shoot. You got you got to stop. And so now I now I'm okay. And, and immediately I'm, I pick a spot on the body. He's bedded facing away, and I'm like pull. Pull, pull, and I can tell now. I don't need a a, a, a clicker where I can tell I'm at the right draw length. Mm-hmm. And pick a spot, pick a spot, Snyder, pick a spot. Breathe, breathe. Do not collapse. Fire. And they, I thought I just killed a 185, 90 inch deer when the arrow took off because it was that perfect. And yeah, and it would have been. Yeah. So rewind to you know I was thinking of this seven eight years ago. Another stock. This is with the compound. Exact same basically situation, except I didn't have as much control. And I had a compound, so I'm like, well, I'll just shoot it at 80. But what happens is, okay, so I go to full draw. This is 7, 8, 9, 10 years ago. I go to full draw. Okay, on that draw cycle, everything's going perfect, but all of a sudden the deer starts twitching his head. Generally, that is a bad sign he's going to blow. Mm-hmm. You still have enough time a lot of times to execute a good shot your brain is probably not going to allow you to unless you have control of it because you now have went from a happy, comfortable, good situation to Jesus, Hotel Christ, get this arrow off. Better get it shot. And then you peek, you punch, you do all these. You can because you're taken out of your your happy home, your comfort Mm -hmm. zone. 
How do you control that? How does each person control that? And these are the things everybody's a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. The brain works the same, but how you control that mm-hmm. is different. And for me, once you shoot enough stuff, it, it just magically generally happens. Like you get better and better at your your art, meaning, okay, I've been here before. Don't screw this up, Snyder. You're good. You know, you know what to do. Where somebody, their first stock, oh, my God, I'm within 40 yards. Jesus, shoot. Shoot now. Shoot now. Probably not going to be a lot of uh, shot execution done correctly. Pretty sure it's not. Probably going to forget to look through the peep site. Certainly not going to center the peep through the the Mm -hmm. housing with a stick bow. Probably going to collapse. Definitely a lot of things are going to go on. So having said this giant story I just said, what would your advice be for these guys that are going what do you call it, lizard or monkey brain? Yeah, Joel likes to say lizard brain. Lizard brain. Going automatic. Going automatic. You know, for me, you know, and I'm not a coach, I'm like, look, guys, killers kill. If you're a killer, you're going to figure out one way or another. But here's a few things to think about. And I won't say mine. You go ahead. I mean, what are what are things guys to do to so, combat that? Probably talking to somebody that's maybe never experienced that situation or maybe, maybe experienced it once. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, because sometimes we learn this through bad experience. Like I can't do it this way because I'm gonna mi- screw it up. Mm-hmm. But I put an underlying, like ethic underneath it. If you know how uh, early in your hunting career you got that deer walking by, maybe you stopped them, you gave them a little something, and we think we got to get that shot, or maybe just the deer is standing or the elk is standing there. That was after the miss, the photo through the spotter. <laughs> Sitting there crying like a little girl. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> but you can remember this feeling like you've got to get that shot done because yeah. he might start walking again, right? Yeah. And so, first of all, we you got to get him t- to know that rushing that shot is going to cause failure mm-hmm. unless you just slop into it and luck out. Number two, when they stop, they never stop for three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> they stop. They're They're using their nose. They're using their ears. They're popping their head around a little bit. They're checking out their environment. Probably 10 to 15 seconds, and then they step again. How much time do we need to run that shot correctly? You actually, in my, you don't need that much if you're doing it correctly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Three, four seconds, six seconds? I'd say you can do it fairly correctly in four. Um, Absolutely. You can run a dynamite shot in four. Rarely ever longer than four, right? Mm-hmm. So... You've used up a third of your time at, yeah. at most. Mm-hmm. And so if we have the ethic, if he walks again, thank goodness he didn't take that step during the timing of your rush shot if he stops for only three seconds. And so when we understand the animal's behavior, it helps. They don't stop for three seconds. They don't stop and go and stop and go. They stop. They check out their environment. You see their head move left, head move right. The ear kind of moves around. His nose might go up. He's like... He's checking everything out. He, they never do that in three seconds, or virtually never, right? right. So you got to know underneath, you've got time. Mm-hmm. If you whistle something or you grunt something to a stop, you absolutely have more than three seconds. Probably 10 to 20. Yeah. Probably, yeah. right? You know, so understanding animal behavior first is like, there's no reason to rush, dude. When they're embedded, if you haven't oh. done anything wrong, yeah. they're going to stay there. Yeah. They're, they're planted, right? Happy, <laughs> happy animal, yeah. right? But you got to know if you're rushing it, you have to know your chances of failure are exceptionally high. Yeah. So the only way this is going to really happen is if you know what to do, you have to know what to do. You ha- this is my best shot. 
in my best shot, I know the two or three elements I have to think every time to drive a great shot. So I have to do this, this, and this. I have you have to know that going in. Yeah. And then you have to do that. And if it and if that animal starts walking before that whole thing finishes, thank goodness you didn't shoot right then. Mm-hmm. You just have to have an under. I'm not going to make a bad shot on this dude. I'm not going to rush it because rushing causes failure. I'm going to do what I know makes the best shot for me. Mm-hmm. It's just an underlying ethic. And 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 with some of this, I had Cody Greenwood with us. You know, yeah. I guided him on one of his hunts, and you know, Cody is. Well, his his brain doesn't work like everything's a number, everything's a percentage, everything. Some of the shit he was saying, Scotty's looking at me like, is everything an <laughs> algorithm for God's sake? Like, in the way that that Cody worked when we went in um, on on some of these stocks, he he's computing, which is the downfall. You can't compute that much and and still function on all this other no, stuff. Oh, it has to be narrowed down to to just the elements that you identify that I have to think about to make a good shot. Just those. And and he is a killer and you can t- he's very aggressive. Usually killers are aggressive. Not yeah. always, but I mean typically it's yeah. in there, right? He's not yeah. he's not like, "Oh, when the spot when the opportunity comes <laughs> whether it's to take three steps or whether to make your shot, he's right. going to do it." Right. Yeah. And the the issue he had one he had a fixed crawl, which I would have I wish I would have smacked the shit out of him cuz I told him before fixed crawls are not good spot and stock. Uh, well, the reason why is you have to get to that point. You're fast then. If your fixed crawl is 25, right, we got to get to 25 because it's a little goofy after that. Not to say you can't make it work, but he at the end of it was like, I get it. I totally understand why you have a 38 to 40-yard point on and why you gap the way you do and why you just shoot, grip it, and rip it when you do. Now that I've been on a few stocks, one of the stocks we were on, there was like they were all grouped up, no rut yet probably 12 bucks in one group. We sneak right in between 28 and 40 yards of all of them. And I'm like ranging them 32, shoot 28, shoot. It's a very dynamic, fast moving. This is when you, you know, for me, my system and, and I'm just going to, all right, 32 armpit dead. Right. Like that's where my point is. Right. Mm-hmm. Just where he's fucking around with his fingers on the fixed crawl and where to aim. And I'm like, dude, that just takes too much time. Tree stand hunting. I get it. You got a 20 yard, fixed crawl and you got a path at 20 well when you're hanging off a cliff one minute and you're climbing the next the next thing you know the deer pops up he's 32 are you going to be able to look down at your finger hook up and then figure out what your your drops are i mean there's a lot going on with that so one of the things that he and i talked about and and again i'm only bringing up um this isn't a negative or a positive but something i would like to discuss with joel and you in great depth Joel does. Joel is is geographically screwed for hunting where he lives. There's not a lot of hunting going on in the Washington, Oregon area. Uh, meaning, the hunting sucks, and there's not a lot of tags. Is what I'm getting at. Would it would be interesting for for me to see? And I and I get to hunt quite a quite well. You look more than anybody so, I've ever known. Um, yeah. Every situation I find, like you said, the human brain works the same, right? I, the I agree. basics are the same. Are the same. Yeah. Each person's reactive system. Well, you're a successful hunter and you're a good shot. Your system works for you. Joel's a successful hunter and a good shot. His system works for him. What I am finding, the more and more I hunt, I would be interested to see for you and Joel and others how many times you guys fall apart 
under situations that are the same or different than me because of all the different shit I get to shoot. Mm-hmm. Does that make that question make it would sense? It makes sense that we fall apart. Or I'm just going to talk for myself. Yeah. Way more than you. I well, don't the, get the experience. Well, and I'm not saying that because it, this is definitely not a big penis type of a thing. It is. It just are is you, what it is. Are yeah. you going to fall apart for the same reasons I did? Or are you going to succeed at certain parts where I failed? And will I fail where you succeed because of how the human brain works with different situations? Meaning you got a bull coming in, you know, facing you, screaming his head off. Is that uh, Joel's an elk hunter, right? You are too, but you got, is that when that bull enters the doorway, has he hunted elk enough to where that 350 bull screaming is not going to affect Joel? He probably, yeah, he hunts elk in three states a year. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know really too many people that can keep his shit together as well as him. Which is my point, which is why I brought that specific. But will Joel hunting out at her mule deer on a spot and stock hunt at 13,000 feet with a 45 degree shot in the cliffs perform the same way he did for elk. I don't think he will. Well, he, yeah, it probably doesn't make that shot as often. Probably and this has nothing. I'm only bringing up Joel. You pick Levi Morgan. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I put my money on Joel putting his, keeping his shit together more than. Well, I, I won't deny that. More than most. but More, more than way most. Just yeah. picking just picking four guys. You, me, Joel, and let's say Danny, right? Danny's yeah. got a compound. Danny's yeah. a killer. Yeah, he's a killer. There's going to be times where all of us is good shots and all of us is killers. We all have an Achilles. Yeah, yeah. I would like Joel to come with me on more hunts mm-hmm. because I think it would alter his coaching, in my opinion. And I'd be curious to get his take on this and yours. Mm-hmm. Under certain situations, you are fallible, and some people are more fallible on certain situations than others. Yeah. Yeah. Me, tree stand hunting, whitetail, 200 yards and in, I'm fallible. Fuck it, right leg starts shaking, I can't stop it, I'm watching the buck come in. Yeah. How yeah. do I control that? I'm getting better at it, but still, am I going monkey brain? Well, I'm definitely going monkey knee, because that bugger ain't stopping to shake. It's sh- and I'm like, Snyder, you've shot hundreds of... Yeah. Calm down. Why is this stupid little deer freaking me out? Yeah, right. even a doe I'll get excited over in a tree stand. And so, and, and this isn't anything negative against you or Joel or anything else. It's literally just a learning situation. It's, yeah, and you get to learn because you get hundreds of chances a year. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing, too, is part of it is I'm fallible, and I look at it of, well, you know how my brain works. Rewind, step back. Snyder, get your shit together and let's figure this out. How do you combat what just happened? Yeah. You got to be honest with yourself. So as a coach, I try, I actually do give tools Mm -hmm. on grabbing your control back or grabbing your conscious mind back. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it started with what I learned from Joel. Yeah. He talked about combat breathing. I talk about box breathing, same thing. Mm -hmm. So, and I have found this is a highly successful tool for me is like, hey, a tree stand on a baited bear. You see those things coming and sometimes you got to wait. For the right angle, right? Yeah, it's yep. a time. Time has a chance to ramp up your heart rate, ramp up your <laughs> respiration rate. Yeah. I got freaked out of a little doe because I saw her 200 wa- yards away walking down the tree line right to me. Mm-hmm. By the time she got there, I couldn't believe how my freaking heart was thudding in my throat, man. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you got to be shitting me. I've killed dozens of animals with, and I'm freaking out over this doe. You know, I've got to. Maybe my total is probably one year total for you, but it's a lot. But 
I'm freaking out over the stove. What is going on? Well, I had plenty of time for your natural reactive system to ramp up. And I didn't have the tools at that time to grab my shit together. And I well, jinked that shot at a stupid doe. What's crazy, though, is as much as I get to, to hunt, the tool bag's still getting tools thrown in it. I'm learning every yeah. time. I'm like... Like, I have to, and this works for me, and I think it works for most. I have to do the box breathing. Yeah. I have to breathe in four, hold four, breathe out four, hold four. And two cycles, I'm good to go. Yeah. It's just amazing. Like, oh, I got my shit together. Like, hold it four, one, two, three, four, blow it out four. Yeah. Hold it. It's amazing what control and what that does for me. That was a tool I learned from Joel originally. Mm Mm-hmm. And damned if it doesn't work. Yeah. No, it's, it's proven. It, I mean, but it's, I got somewhere to go. Yeah. Just well, remembering to do it the thing is, puts me in more of a conscious state of control. This is my point, though. Are you going to be able to execute that at 13,600 feet after a giant climb on a mountain goat that has just popped out of his bed as potentially, are you going to have time to execute that? Well, I don't have time to do the box breathing, though. So, and and, and it, this is only because, and this is my mind, I think I've been in a ground blind and driving too much is the problem, but thinking about all of this all the time. Yeah, I geek out about it, too. You, you know, you get millions of questions coming in. You've got your own shit that you deal with personally, right? you got your own mind and your own battles. When I say that, meaning we all are fallible in certain situations where right. we're... So, the thing where, well, Cody brought this up when we were talking, you know, he's like, this is different than anything I've ever done. Mm-hmm. It's changing and altering my entire, and you know how Cody is. He's very analytical. Very. Changing my entire opinion on everything uh, of some of these stocks. And I'm like, yeah, man, it, well, it made me, you know, my brain works on, made me think, like, would your coaching change? Would Joel's coaching change? And I get to hunt more than anyone, and I'm very blessed with that. And, and I'm, mm-hmm. and I this is my point is when I hear people say something like, "Well, I'd kill as much as you, as Aaron, if I got to hunt as much as he would." Maybe, maybe not. the The point is, though, is I do get to hunt that much, and I'm learning every time I I do it. And so, Joel shot. I he made a post, I think, and he, you know he he talked about I made one controlled shot on whatever it was he shot. I think it was a blacktail or something. Uh-huh. I, I have no doubt Joel made a very controlled shot on that blacktail. Knowing that I am fallible on different situations, all the stuff I get to hunt, I would be interested to see if it would make him a better or more well-rounded or if everything stayed exactly the same. And it may stay the same. If you And this is just, and I'm only talking about Joel because he's the brain doctor. If he got to hunt 100 animals a year, in different situations, would anything change in his coaching? Would anything change in your coaching to where you're like, eh? Yeah. Uh, how couldn't it? Uh, how couldn't you learn something from a hundred different situations in a year yeah. that you could bring to others? Well, I mean, that's, that's why people ask you. I mean, you've got more experience in these situations. How how wouldn't it modify the base teaching? Absolutely, is going to stay exactly the same. The base is always the, the base same. is good. But, but yeah, exactly. So, and the, the one thing that's made me think about all of this is you have, let's pick some, Jake Downs. Jake really doesn't follow a whole lot of what anyone says. No. Jake just kills. Yeah. He's Jake, got, Jake got misses. a system that yeah. works yeah. in his mental game. That works. When yeah, that no. fails, eh, I might want to talk to him. Yeah. Well, and sometimes he'll say it does fail. And when it fails, you know, but he's a killer. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, um, 
you know, every now and then I want to conk him in the head, but I'm picking Jake. Yeah. Even with compound guys, Jake's a killer. Yeah. And if it ain't broke, I ain't fixing it. I ain't changing and, a damn thing. Yeah. I mean, and the, and the thing with Jake, he breaks the mold. He breaks everything you guys talk about. When yeah. I say that, meaning yeah, he's the unicorn. Yeah, yeah, he's because he's you yeah. know he's, he's the odd guy. He's doing some probably a lot of the same things. Yeah, yeah, but maybe he, not, he may not even know what he's doing. I was just gonna say he may be a good enough killer. Well, in his subconscious and conscious is 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 performing like it should. Right, he just doesn't identify it, verbalize. He it. rednecks it. Eh, it works. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Yeah. You know, we don't need to talk about this. Should I just kill? Yeah, Joel yeah. and I talk about those guys that really run a good shot. They couldn't tell another guy how to run that shot. Yeah. Probably the components that make mental control happen are right in Jake's shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and Jake doesn't I haven't seen him collapse a lot, you know, I you know, yeah. he 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 performs a good shot, keeps good tension. And one of the 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 big reason I'm bringing this up talking about you and Joel and other guys in lots of different situations is guys are asking me these questions and they're 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 trying to parallel what happened to them on something you or Joel or somebody else talked about. And I'm like, Hey, the base is the same. We're not going to argue that, but you're comparing apples and oranges right now, right? There's put in a situation that you tried to do something that was possibly, you know, base being the same. Mm -hmm. You tried to implement something at that space, place and time that made no sense whatsoever. That's something you probably shouldn't have done. The throat trigger. I think that's not the smartest thing in the world to do to try to make your throat tickle and make a shot in the middle of a stock with 20-mile-an-hour winds and 13 does and 26 sets of eyes laying around trying to perform a throat trigger. Maybe that'll work, right? Maybe, you know, and that's something Joel's been talking about a lot. Um, you know, different, different triggers. And I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, do you even need a trigger to, to shoot correctly? Or are you clicking in a trigger because of something you or me or the push or Joel said? No, I didn't really need a trigger, I guess, before. And I'm like, then why are you trying to make your throat tickle on a shot in the middle of a stock, dummy? Just shoot it. Well, his brain started getting in the, you know, there was a lot of things going on in his mind. He was probably overcomplicating things, you know, and then in the same thing, whether it's a throat trigger or a clicker or whatever. And he's like, well, don't you use a clicker? And I'm like, not really when I'm hunting. Now I, I just have your, your palm clicker. I, took, I pulled the string clicker off. And I said, and I don't even, hunting, that's more of a training tool for me. Hunting, I don't pay attention to that, uh, that, that, that the palm clicker or anything else as much. I just don't need to because I've trained so much with it ahead of time. Not, not well, to say. It, yeah, ahead. because you, the trigger, how you shoot a shot with or without that trigger should be the same. Yeah. It's the same. If you know how to run a shot without it, you can run it. And running it will teach you how to shot, shoot, make a shot without it. I just have to go back to it and practice with it. Yeah, because it helps you that helps you with that separation from aim and tension to follow through. Yeah, right. It, yeah. Joel wouldn't now. He would not try to change a guy. I don't try to change a guy with good mental control that makes that transition from aim into tension to follow through. I don't try to change that. The guy's got great mental control. I'm not telling him to put a trigger system with any shot. Right. Well, and again, this isn't a, I'm not, I don't want this to be, t I'm not so faulting. It is, yeah. We do try to tailor it to the guy. Yeah. Well, for it, sure. And, and I don't want this to come off as I'm faulting you or Joel no, or anyone else. No, and I else. didn't take it that way. It's, yeah. When people hear you or Joel or whoever talk, you know, whatever, m me. Yeah. It has to be applicable 
to your situation. Right. And if it's not, it, it'd be no different than... Um, like for me, I know there are times where I can run triggerless. I've had control shot the best of my life for six months at a time. Mm-hmm. But one day, <laughs> yeah, it can crash and burn in one day. The devil I sneaks com- in. I, and I know <laughs> what happened now. You know, I got tied up in aiming, and I wasn't making the transition to concluding my shot properly. Mm-hmm. And it took a little Joel session. I had to go out to the 3D range. We were at ETAR, and I like, Turner, you're going to tell me all the stuff I already know. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to tell me all the stuff I tell other guys, but I can't make it happen. My words aren't strong enough. Yeah. I need your. I need somebody else in the back. I need that little thing in my ear. It took like eight targets. And then we ran out, and I had control through the weekend, and I ran control triggerless through the next hunt. Elk and moose season I killed at cow moose that year. And then somewhere after that, little loss in confidence and it all went away again. Yeah. Well, and, and so I just keep it on there like you, I can shoot with or without it. Do I shoot? Yes. Shooting off of it. Best. I mean, shooting off of it. Absolutely. So I try to use it every time, but I know at times that shot just breaks without it. Yeah. But the, the fact that I'm going towards it, I want to make that happen. I don't give myself an option is going to make that next shot good, whether yeah. it pops or not. Yeah. At the risk of sounding like a kid that needs help, when I send you a video of me shooting, mm-hmm. I don't need you to confirm that it was a good shot, but I want you to because I respect your opinion. And I, as weird as this sounds, and I've told people this, I'll just come and talk to you uh, about shooting just because you make me a better shooter, even just conversing with you about shooting on shit that probably doesn't even matter. Because you're kind of like you talked with Joel. I need Joel to talk to me. Well, when I talk to you, you just make me think about things and and want to put the effort in to maybe go the distance or fix what I'm doing wrong or whatever. Kind of like a what I call it, like a little refocus or remind. I, I call it something way weirder. It's a security blanket. It's a lucky charm. Yeah, I get it. it yeah. And, and, you know, this is off the subject of blowing stocks and shots, but um, all right, everybody, we're going to pause real quick. All right, we're back. Sorry about the interruption. Um, I, obviously, I'm on the, the mic here with Tom Clum, but I had uh, another podcast after this, and Sarah showed up early. So, Sarah, is it Sarah Stover Gamash? Yes. All right. You got it. You are from? Washington. Washington. State. The great state of the Washington. The great state of Washington. Yes. How many liberals are there? No, I'm just Too kidding. many. <laughs> Too many for my liking. Uh, uh, Sarah recently picked up a, a recurve, and she was out here to get some some lessons with Tom. And so we were going to do a podcast actually tomorrow, but I invited Tom over today, so this worked out good. So Sarah and I are going to knock out a podcast after this one, but it's great to have you hop on now while Tom and I are shooting a shit back yeah, and forth. Thanks about for letting that. me join. Yeah, no, no, no problem at all. So we'll, we'll dive into Sarah on the next podcast. Um, but real quick, you have a, a good social media page. Where can people, what's your, I know what it is, but what is it? It's a PNW underscore Huntress. Gotcha. And, uh, your, your husband now is started hunting as well, right? Yes. Gotcha. Yep. So he, he doesn't post as much on his social media, but yeah, he's he's starting to get there. <laughs> I've yeah. drug him on. He was like anti-social media, but he's on there now. I, I was uh, showing my, my wife, uh, a, I think he was like did a train to hunt. 
Yeah. And she was funny. She's like, Jesus Christ, he looks like a fire hydrant. Your, your <laughs> husband is a big man. I was like, yeah, he's a big mother. He looks like you in that picture he posted the other day when yeah. someone wanted to see your void picture or whatever. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, back in the day. So Yeah. Anyhow, so we're, we'll go back here to what Tom and I were talking about. Um, I can't remember exactly where we left off, and we talked a little bit off air. And my, my, my point was is uh, one of the things I was bringing up there is nothing in my opinion that is black and white with traditional or compound, whatever, any type of archery. There's always these variables. And I had brought up, you know, being on a bunch of different hunts myself on how certain things change where on Tuesday, I thought I had a good grasp of something. And then on Thursday, I went on a stock or a hunt and something happened that had kind of tweaked or torqued maybe my views that I had on Tuesday and, and you're ever, you know, evolving and what I had posed the question to Tom was, and, and I used uh, Joel and Tom as an example, do you think your coaching would change if you're put in enough different situations more or less, or do you think it would alter or are things that would uh, maybe pop up in those times, which I think, you know, without, without question, something would, would have to change. But would you say archery is black and white? Do you think sometimes things are a little bit, off or can you can you black and white the whole thing i mean what are your views on that i think that there are certain foundational concepts that are pretty much fit everybody uh, i think that we all have different bodies we think differently and so when you're communicating with some you have to communicate in this in this way and some in another way i think if you listen to six different coaches they're probably going to be in a different con on a different concept or a different topic that doesn't represent their entire coaching view. Mm -hmm. And maybe that topic that they're talking about at that certain time may or may not apply to you and your shot. Mm -hmm. uh, it may be something you have all dialed in. It may be something that uh, maybe you can't reproduce mm -hmm. body-wise uh, if we're talking about physical form. I think that uh, coaching needs to be modeled to the, the person in front of you. And I think that's what great coaches do. Um, I can't word things the same for everybody. I've had to find six different ways to communicate the same point. Which is definitely why I'm not a coach, because I do not have your patience. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of enjoy it. I, you know, I, I enjoy the study of personality types, and I, it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing for me. It makes a manager more effective. It makes a coach more effective, a teacher. It makes us more effective. You've talked about this in your marriage, understanding your your mate's personality type mm -hmm. the, and maybe you talked about the, love language the five love languages yeah, yeah. It, you know and if you're single it'll help you get you laid there is that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you can't make everything black and white no you're, and and that's and, for dang sure i think that uh and and as an example sarah that you're just hopping on how long have you shot the, the stick bow now uh, about a year has much changed from the, the beginning to the end like to, from the beginning to now yeah, I mean, especially since I took Tom's course when mm -hmm. we were in Texas. And just like he was saying, having to adapt his coaching style or what he tells people, like I saw him have to do that with me, just being a female, having a different body type. I was the only female there. I think there was, what, like seven or eight guys, and then there's me. And so I was watching him how he had to change, basically, to fit my style, my body type, and you did a good job doing that. Yeah. So yeah. with that, um, and you, you, you and Joel live by each other I think, yeah right, right down really the road close. yeah so you get coaching from joel as well mm -hmm. um when you how many animals you shot a bunch of animals this year how many you shot with the the bow and the gun um just this year mm -hmm. 
think like 12 or 13 and like maybe three were with a gun and the rest were with a bow yeah like yeah two or three yeah and i tried to do most of them with my recurve i mean that was my goal this mm -hmm. year was to do as many with my recurve as possible i got a couple with my compound but i got quite a few with my recurve and and even stick bow or compound in your um in in your mind having having tom and joel as as a coach are you following for the most part exactly what these guys are are saying or do you detour um joel does your does your body make you detour because you go ape shit well <laughs> i follow joel's i'd say more closely just because i have him there as a resource and mm -hmm. so i go over to his house and if i'm starting to lose my way he kind of like kicks my ass back in gear so it's nice to have that um tom's like part part of the reason why i'm here is because i need more help with the physical form mm -hmm. um yeah, so I definitely have to keep myself in check. I constantly have to keep going back and like say, okay, I'm losing this part of my coaching. I need to, you know, get my ass in gear. So kind of like self checks that I do when I realize I'm getting off the path I need to be on. So that that actually the way you answered that is about perfect to what this leads up to. Would you say as a coach that some people are a a form genius and a mental wreck? And some people are a mental genius and a form wreck. Absolutely. Okay. Which is what I figured you'd say. So, <laughs> um, would you say, Sarah, that you are a form wreck or a mental wreck, or are you pretty like happy medium on both, or how would you rate yourself? Uh, form wreck. Like I, I need help with my form so for sure. I, you guys, I could have scripted how I'd hope you answer this. So perfect. You're. A, yeah. So would you say, Tom, that some people? probably don't need to worry about the mental aspect as much as they do focus on form and drilling because mentally they're pretty good out of the gate. Yeah, because when I got to work with Sarah, uh, Sarah yeah. she had her shit together mentally, yeah. strong as a rock. Which I and, assumed from watching you, which is how all this led into play because I thought you were going to answer this way. So sorry, mm -hmm. go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, she came, saw as rock, made form coaching really easy. Mm -hmm. So having said that, there are times that you probably should not listen to Tom as much as you listen to Joel. There's times that you probably shouldn't listen to Joel as much as you should listen to Tom, depending on the person, but you're going to need you and Joel to dissect that to figure if you're a mental wreck or a, a form wreck. One of the things that made me you know, think about this, watching some of what you do, you didn't seem to have, to me, too much mental issues, and that's probably working with Joel. Mm -hmm. But form-wise, there were certain things in your form I thought – yeah, she she probably work on her form more than your mental yeah. game. Um, and some people, I think, pop out of the womb a killer. They're just DNA. They're they're yeah. a better killer than others. Um, so when you and I'm only bringing this up for everybody listening in, if you're relatively under control and you're shot, don't wrap your head around whether it be Joel or Dudley or who. Don't don't get too wrapped. You might make mm -hmm. it worse. Like if you, <laughs> it's like Voldemort. I, I to my I know ta Joel says you can't get target panic from talking about it. I think that's a lie because if you don't know what it is, pretty hard to get it. But when you start thinking about it, well, get, be interested. You're, I know people have gotten target panic from me talking to them about target panic mm -hmm. and them then thinking about target panic and now they're mind fucked now they're going downhill do you agree or disagree with that well just go right along what we were talking about <laughs> before if whatever you're thinking excludes thinking about anything else and, and that so generally, if they're in the middle of their shot like am i gonna get target they're not thinking about running that shot right yeah now but if, if they're thinking about running their shot you can talk about target panic all day if i know what to do I'm yeah. going to do this, this, and this. And at the end of that shot, I'm driving tension to fall through. 
you could talk about target panic to the cows come home i can talk about it forever thinking about target panic you're right (laughs) if i'm thinking of it during my shot yeah so i'm not gonna run a good shot when i got it and then somebody said you have target panic immediately i'm like is that like syphilis (laughs) like what the fuck target (laughs) panic well then now i'm like okay what oh it's when you punch the trigger because of your pin you know and i'm like now i'm thinking about it like am i gonna do it am i and then i I do it right because that's what you're thinking about (laughs) yeah Yeah. which excluded thinking about running the shot like you should right oh yeah exactly so and, and my only point to this is there's some people that are going to need mental help or help with their shot with their brain or an animal coming in or whatever. And there's other people that are probably pretty okay with that, but their form and shot execution is really where they need to, to focus on. Mm-hmm. And you need to have all your tools in the basket. I mean, you need to have your shit together with everything, but there are going to be times and I meet people where I'm like, you shoot good at foam. Dude, you suck when you forget to look through the peep site and shit. Like, what the hell's going on in your brain? You shoot fine. Mm-hmm. That guy needs mental help. That guy, that guy needs a Joel or a someone to, to help them mentally grab a hold of themselves. And, and, and you see the opposite, too. Oh, yeah. So take Nathan Anderson. You ever seen him on a 3D range of gold? Yeah, it's not. It's not, good. not pretty, right? Yeah. He's a killer. But the, he's a killer. <laughs> yeah. So I had this thing one day. I said, hey, Nate. I said, uh, can I? and this guy's a super slimer, by the way. Yeah. First first and only man to shoot the big 29 with a longbow. Yeah. All right. He's a killer and an outstanding hunter. Been Horrible all over the shot. Place. I'll, I'll say it for you. Not a great shot. At the range. Yeah, at the range. And so I said, hey, Nathan, uh, when we're out here shooting, because I was shooting with him one day. When you're out here shooting, what are you thinking about when shooting at that 3D target? He goes, what do you mean? I said, no, what's really going through your brain in the middle of your shot? What are you thinking? Thinks about it for a second. He goes, nothing. I'm just shooting. <laughs> I'll say, okay, I got a question for you. When you're shooting at an animal, right when you're shooting, what are you thinking? What do you mean? I said, just like the target, just like the previous question. Literally, while you're shooting at an animal, what are you thinking? He pauses for a moment and thinks about it. He goes, oh, well, when I'm shooting at an animal, I drew, draw back, and I have this one finger that touches my eye, too. And he proceeds to tell me four things that he's thinking yeah. while he's shooting at an animal. Yeah. See the difference? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Now, that guy that's good on target range probably thinks I'm good on target range. That animal walks up in front of him, he probably gets all the hell focused on aiming. Yeah. And he does not finish the shot because he thinks now, this is important. This is an animal. I got to make a shot. I got to aim better. Yeah. I guarantee. Guarantee that's what's going on. Yeah. No, and that, that's all. He's not know, used to that level of pressure. Right. He's not used to that adrenaline rush. He's not used to that heart beating that fast or respirations. And what do you try to do to make it better? You try to aim better. Yeah. Which causes you to that muscle up. Physical control that finishes the shot goes right out the window. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's my thoughts on it. And it's it's strong opinions on that. Yeah. My opinions change a little bit here and there by, you know, my own um whatever successes and failures as well as tons of people that, that message in. You know, so when you uh, David Brinker is a guy that was coached by by Joel. Mm-hmm. Got he had target panic as yeah, probably as bad as anybody I've ever seen. Um, he's from your neck of the woods. Is um, he? Washington? Yeah, yeah Washington or Oregon. Um, and, and he was on a mule deer hunt with us. When he came up, his draw was too long. He's shooting a hinge, probably needed a short, you know, very difficult to operate a hinge with the draw length too long. And he's telling me about his mental game, and I'm like, in my back of my mind, like, you have some serious form issues. Like, your your draw length is literally an inch too long, and then you're trying to operate the release it's no, difficult. Room, no room left to, to rotate. Nowhere to, to go. Yeah, yeah, nowhere to go. Yeah, and so things like that where I'm like, hey, man, you, you really need to go see a, a 
more of a coach that's a because Joel's not as much of a mechanics coach as Tom, and Tom's mm-hmm. not as much a mental coach as Joel. Just using those two because we're we all know Joel. Um, I think I am now. What's that? Mental? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, but I have to I, be as and, I say, yeah. and I give credit to Joel yeah. all day long for putting me on that path and giving me information the Olympic Training Center didn't give me. Yeah. Well, and as I say that, meaning the Batman and Robin duo of you and Joel. When we teach together, I'm going to have the subject matter expert do that part of it. Yeah. And being the subject matter expert on the form, we split it up. Yeah. Of course, then it all becomes hand and glove. Right, right, right. And, and it, it works. It's a very good dynamic. You Great dynamic. Have, have of course, Joel's just fun. He's a hoot in these things. Yeah. People, and he's a big ham. Yeah. yeah. And so he makes it fun. He yeah. makes it any clinic more fun. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And, and, and I haven't been to one of these, I think, you Immersion went to a clinic. clinic. Yeah. Well, yeah. Joel wasn't at the one I went to. Yeah. So Tom kind yeah. of regurgitated what Joel would. And you did a good job. I mean, you yeah, yeah did a good job with that. So. And I, I don't know that I, I don't know if I'd benefit from one or not. I don't Because I have you here. So I, I think it would be just fun. Oh, they're, yeah. fu- they're a blast. You just go just because it's fun. Yeah. You, got you need to hunt to the next too. One, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and go shoot some stuff too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and help coach the damn thing. Yeah. And give an insight from a guy that gets to kill 100 animals a year. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, like, um, the, the thing for people to think about, like, listening into this is you really need to do, in, in my opinion, a self-analysis of how fucked up are you and where are you fucked up. And, and I probably shouldn't cuss it so much, but if you are truly the physically the last guy to be picked at Foursquare, you probably need some mechanical coaching. If you are the genius in class and whatever, and you're very methodical and you pick things apart and you understand and your brain isn't a problem, you probably need to work on the mechanical stuff. More than most likely, almost everyone probably has to work on both mm-hmm. um, for Absolute, the most part. Everybody yeah, has to work on sure. both. Yeah. And when I say that, meaning from the beginning, even if you are capable of being mentally in control, you probably need some little bit of a golden path to learn to walk down to, to harness that some people are just a lot quicker at it than others. Mm-hmm. Same way with mechanics. Some people are a lot easier to coach than others, and some people are just going to suck forever, and there's, there's not really any way around that. I will say this. With a great mental game, you can put whatever talent you have in a repeatable process. If you have a repeatable process and can finish that shot properly, you can shoot pretty damn good at a certain range. Mm-hmm. You'll never reach your potential without the physical mechanics, though. Right. No, I, I don't. No, nobody can and argue physical that. mechanics yeah. makes the execution of the mental, you know, makes makes it easier to produce a good shot. Right. Better position, better movement, better angle of travel, better engaging a bigger muscle group to, for fine motor control. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, part, it helps part, all the way around. Part of that mental game, I feel, is uh, and something I think God, I'm blessed with. I have a very short memory. I can forget you what do. just happened real quick. And people will ask Scotty. What's it like hunting with, with Aaron? How's he so successful? And Scotty's like, he misses shit all the time. He just doesn't stop. And they're like, what do well, you mean? You he's have like, the attitude like, F, you watch this next one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, Scotty was telling this story. It was embarrassing. Scotty's like, Aaron missed 11 times the day he shot that giant out at. I, I walked 49,000 steps on my watch. How accurate that is, I don't know. But I thought he was going to run out of fuel picking me up. Um, <laughs> the thing was is every situation I'd walked into, I was doing everything remote fairly correctly, right? I wasn't panicking and having these bad shots i just hit a stick misjudged yardage what you know whatever but i like literally guys like i'm like how'd your day go i'm like i missed some stuff i don't really give a shit whatever and I, I i'm able to forget that i don't grind on it i would say that 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 saying you're only good as your last shot 
for a lot of people will end their career in archery if they can't get around that because they're thinking of what they did. Where me, I'm as dumb as a box of rocks. I can't remember shit. I don't, I'm able to block that out, which is a, I'm very happy. That's a good quality. I can't do that. Man, Monstrous I advantage. Yeah, yeah and I, well, yeah, you, I wish I had that. You need to wrap your head around that. I so promise. <laughs> I just get so angry with missing. Like I'm such a perfectionist. So when that happens, I Are beat myself up. No. Okay, I'd say that. you and Amy could be twins because my wife can't leave it alone. She'll sit no. there, and I'm like, it's an animal. You missed yeah. it. Just don't worry about it. We'll like you don't want to be around me if I've missed a couple <laughs> times, man. I just kind of go in the bedroom and <laughs> hide, hide, stab the pillow. Yeah. Uh, well. How would you say would, would, let's say if you're giving Sarah advice, mm-hmm. how would you, I would be interested in Joel's take on this too, because that's not something you can just say, don't worry about it, Sarah. It's just not important. It doesn't work that way. What's a good way to combat that? Okay. Work. Quit di- tying your identity up whether you killed an animal or not. Well, I don't necessarily your concentrate value, solely on the worth. kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, just you, you know what like I mean, though. The miss and what did I do wrong? I'm just very hard on myself on. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not going to be 100%. Yeah. I talk about goal schedules at OTC. They never put 100% in the goal schedule. They put 90% at the top. We want 90% perfect execution. Mm-hmm. We're human beings. We are going to fail. Mm-hmm. That is the guarantee of all. Yeah. That is the guarantee. Mm-hmm. Taxes uh, and failure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and concrete is heavy and it'll crack. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I mean. You can't people, place whether you are a good archer or not on what you're worth and what your value is. Yeah. You can't place any, you're good at a sport. You can't place any of that. People put all their value there and they puff themselves up and that's, hey, life is going to happen. Yeah. Age is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Injury is going to happen. And then you're, you lose that identity. It has nothing to do with shooting a damn arrow. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And it, it's a game. I play it. It's a game. I like to get better at this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just put it, Put it in perspective. Put it where it needs to be in life. It's way down the priority list. Hey, for us, it's still important. Yeah. But it's way down there. Well, and I don't, luckily for me, for the most part, it's always been to where if I missed or something, you know, I was able to, you know, it's one of the reasons I probably became a better traditional archer quicker is I was able to forget what happened. Like, yeah. ah, whatever, fuck it. Yeah. I don't, like you. I don't like you because you're an awesome shot. <laughs> I like it because of the content of your character. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, no, that makes sense. Whether you're a good shot or you can't hit the broadside of the barn from the inside, I could give a flip as far as my feelings about you. Yeah, well, <laughs> and 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 when you talk about, um, like you said, you want to you, know, you go into the bedroom and s- stab a voodoo doll when you miss whatever mm-hmm. you do. Will that, uh, Amy, my 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 wife, right, is same. It's not fun, you know. She she dwells on it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, not the best advice in the world. And I'm not trying to be unethical, but I'm like, honey, it's an animal. Shit happens. Just take what you, what happened, learn from it and move the fuck on. Don't, don't dwell. She'll be talking about it two weeks from now. And I'm like, Hey, have you ever missed a really big animal? that stays with you a couple of years. (laughs) Dude, I get it. Something (laughs) you want really bad and you fail at that does work. It's going to, you just got to climb in the cave and lick your wounds. (laughs) It's going to hurt. Well, I just miss that deer and, in, in, in Arizona, a really, I mean, probably would have been my largest deer ever on a, and made an amazing stock. And literally I walked away and yeah, I'm mad. I missed it. But if you take the good out of it, I made an amazing stock. I made conscious decisions and I made the correct decision. The only thing I had is on the shot. I hit some shit on the way there, but the miss is not what's important. 
I got in the middle of wide open country within 35 yards of a 185 inch five or six year old deer with a doe with it. That's what I take out of that. The miss, it's like, yeah, that sucks. But if I did all that the next time, I know what to do the next time and I'm probably going to kill it where it's people maybe like you where they're like, oh, going on and on and on about it. And I'm like, you missed. Suck it the fuck up. It's <laughs> yeah. not that big of a deal. You'll get yeah. another shot. It's not the last thing. It's like a learning opportunity, I guess, is how I need to look at it. You oh, know? my gosh, yes. Learn from it. Which, yeah. And that's what I figured out switching from compound to traditionals. I had, I've had i still never missed an animal with my compound. Yeah. I've shot nine or ten animals, one shot, one kill, super easy. And so I wasn't used to having that. So then when I switched to recurve and I'm missing, like that was the first time I had had to deal with those feelings. So they're still new. Like I think that's part of the problem. It's still new. I I will say though, that that competitive nature will make you better than most, but Mm -hmm. you need to, my advice would be harness that shit because it will also end your career later on in life. And when I say end your career, that will give you target panic um, of Mm -hmm. some form. And I don't know if Joel said that, but if you are dwelling on a miss you're not thinking about killing your next animal. You may be thinking about that miss, which can, in a right. form of target panic, or at the very least, a mental crisis. Yeah. Um, How much have you talked about uh, the value of confidence? Oh, it's everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, when people hunt with me, it, and it, I have definitely been accused of being arrogant or overconfident, if we're glassing an animal from a mile and a half away and we pick it up, I'm looking through the spotter and I'm saying, you are going to die today. Now, whether or not it happens, but from the moment I leave to the moment I'm there, I have no doubt that animal's going to die. Doesn't always die. We just talked about one that didn't. Right. But if I wasn't confident, I wouldn't go. Like, if I, why would I even go on a stock if I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, and, and it seems like you probably have that confidence. I mean, yeah. You, you, you got, seem like a confident yeah, person. You, I keep that mentality. That's yeah. important, definitely. But I would say, would you say that that will potentially, if not give you target panic, make you mentally unsound that will Absolutely. come into talk, target panic Look later. at our buddy Dave. Oh, yeah. He lets a miss totally blow the rest of the shoot for him sometimes. And fucks everybody and else's day up because he's a crabby little bastard. At target shooting? Or <laughs> yeah. Hunt? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but yeah. he's super talented. Mm-hmm. Super smart guy. Super talented guy. Very fit. I mean, very smart. I mean, he's great, great guy. shot. Just yeah. competitive, guy, is that shot. why? Yeah. See, Way that's too competitive. Me too, competitive. too hard on him. Literally yeah. too hard on himself. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons for my end that I do well at tournaments is I don't I don't get bothered. I mean, I don't. Have you ever seen me rattled? No. Yeah, seen and, you pissed. Oh yeah. But I've never seen you rattled. Oh, I felt bad for poor Tom. I had a total. Did you tell her about that? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about for sure. When I about killed the guy in your shop? Uh, no, I did not tell Sarah about that. Uh, <laughs> I haven't told a lot of people about that. So <laughs> I'm, let's hear it. I have a I have a temper. Um, and it takes a lot because you probably never had seen me mad. Oh, no, not like that. Yeah, no, 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 I, no. I have a temper. But I'm generally like I am now. I'm goofy. I make jokes or whatever, but I have a violent temper. And I felt, well, I called Tom and apologized. I had a full-on meltdown in his shop with a guy in there. Um, and I was, you were looking for something to hit me with, I think. I was going gr- to jump on your back. I was going to try to sacrifice my body so you <laughs> literally <laughs> kill a guy in my shop. Oh, man. But... The thing is, is that I have been able to, and my wife and I, you know, talking way too more, about, way too much about myself and my violence, um, <laughs> you know, she knows that I have that issue. Now, I'm not ever going to hit her or anything, but I've, I've put a hole in the wall before. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a problem. It takes a lot for me to get there. The problem with her 
is she knows how to get me there faster than anyone. And <laughs> sometimes she tries. And so we talk about this and th- and it's it's a, all in good fun and, and self-improvement, right? I'm working on it. What's amazing is I can harness all that in hunting and it never affects me. I never get, I can harness it completely. But as he saw, whatever would take that in hunting would totally make me fall apart, right? Because I, I lost all consciousness. I mean, you saw it. I, I lost, mm-hmm. I can't even remember what the fuck happened. I remember I was mad. I don't remember exactly what I said. You might, but I, it wasn't good. Um, Things about ripping his heart out of his oh chest. Yeah, it was bad. But yeah, it was but I am able to, <laughs> in hunting, harness all that on a stock. Mm-hmm. I'm only bringing this up as you're going to have to wrap your head around that and, and, and not let it bother, bother you because it long term, it'll be bad. Because mm-hmm. you, similar personality type, you're intense, you're yeah. confrontive, you're, yeah. you're, you're a bulldog. Yeah, you're, very much. Yeah, when I remember you saying, man, I don't know you worker. too well, but you and Aaron are very similar. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> you're right in the face mm-hmm. and and very determined yeah and work very hard well and, and i was just going to say all of those things can be used for all good things where you'll yeah. crush everyone right yeah. having that dominant personality and confidence having that work ethic and drive Some huge advantage oh yeah. yeah well when you told me to watch that the last dance with michael jordan I'm yes not, and i don't yes know. that's a great documentary yeah, yeah. i said awesome. you gotta watch this dude. it's awesome i don't even like basketball i'm right. not a sports guy right. i watched that and i was like i remember he said something he's like in the final whatever i'm not giving the ball to horace grant he sucks <laughs> yeah and i'm like i can see me saying that but, yeah i mean yeah. you know like, like I, I know aaron could give a flip about basketball like you gotta watch this documentary dude no you, and it's you it's, might see somebody familiar in it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It, yeah. But when you're when you're competitive, like it sounds like you are, I think that is a gives you a vast advantage because it get, if you're competitive, you don't want to lose. If you don't lose, mm-hmm. you're going to do what it takes to win. Right. Pretty simple. I mean, um, if you're not competitive, you probably don't have the drive to blind bail in the garage when you're bored out of your mind or you you know whatever mm-hmm. it is. I I think when I've met guys that aren't overly competitive. They're decent enough, but they don't have that willingness to take the extra step to do whatever it takes to win within, obviously not cheating, but whatever it takes to win by, by practicing and everything else. Right. Um, Yeah. What are you you thinking? Same thing. Yeah. And I even say like, I'm competitive with myself as weird as that sounds, you know, like I'm always trying to one up myself wanting to be better than I was the day before. So that's just how I've been with, with everything. So for archery. Yeah see where that's going to help me the only thing that i and joel and i've argued about this and i don't know your views on it when i have a bad day i don't shoot i go home now oh and he says you need to get out work through it yeah, that would be what and joel i would say i would say if anything joel and i argue about that would be number one <laughs> you're not going to shoot your way out of a slump you're not going to golf your way out of a slump in my opinion mm-hmm. go home regroup think about it blind bail go back out the next day from what I've seen, if you stay on the course having a bad day, you are ingraining bad things over and over and over in your mind. Now, I could be totally wrong. This is my own view. But if I'm having an off day and confidence isn't there, it's not going to get better I, for me. So mm-hmm. I just go. I've walked off tournaments. and I, You really don't want to walk off a tournament, but I've won enough. I don't give a shit. I'll be halfway through and be like, hey, guys, I'm just going to take pictures today. Uh, <laughs> no, not, I, I think what Joel doesn't want is that to be a 
a bailout. It, right, you don't want to bail out every time. Yeah, you don't want to make that, that a habit. It's yeah. getting tough. I'm bailing out. Mm -hmm. And you, that's not what you do. No. Uh, I wish I could have bailed out of your tournament. The compound <laughs> research. Tournament. I had one of those. I've had two of those in the last year. Two days like that. Yeah. That was one of them. Yeah. Where I, there was nothing I could do to get my shit together. Yeah. Uh, hit, smucked a tree the first shot. Limb hits bottom limb, whacks a tree. That's where a short-term memory comes into play, by the way. I, yeah. I, yeah. I did I like not have a short-term memory. Oh, did all the stuff I teach against over aim did this. I, you know, analyzing it back, I was like, next time I can't allow this to enter in. I can't allow this thought to enter in. But it was one of those days it would have served me really well to walk off and not be embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and as we're, as we're talking about this, I would not suggest to walk off a 3D course, probably. It's not, you know, not only that, you're going to get made fun of. Yeah. Me, I don't give a shit. But yeah. generally. But once when, in a while. Yeah. You're just making it worse. You're just losing all of your confidence once in a while. You just can't make it your default. I'm quitting. Yeah. No, and you I agree. You have to struggle through it. And I agree with Joel on that, too. The yeah. thing is, is if you walk out to your local 3D course or your home and you go to shoot, and you, I got a 3D course in my house, I take five shots and, and I'm just not there I'm going to go do cardio. Why would I keep shooting? I'm, I mean, I'm ingrained. I'm, I'm getting ready to ingrain lack of confidence, ingrain poor form, whatever, pick it. And I do agree with Joel if that's, you know, you don't want to, you know, when in doubt, puss out, right? Or, sorry. Right. Uh, yeah. But you also don't want to, when in doubt, keep ingraining bad shit in your, in your brain either. Now, having said all of that, a lot of the short-term memory, like, if you took that one shot away that you had, your miss where you hit the tree, mm -hmm. I bet you would have had a totally different day. I believe so. I hope so. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe the next, it janked a target and it caused the whole rollout. I really worked on a whole new aiming system. So I got to be a gapper. I haven't been before. <laughs> that was a stupid-ass thing to do. Yeah. Hey, it really helped me now, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can really use a gap now if I choose to now. I yeah. never could before. I shot a hog last year. Shot one arrow. Bounce off the top of his back. He ran off. His buddy was rolling the mud, didn't notice him. Walked up, built the same sight picture. And I was an instinctive aiming. It was 24 yards. And I looked at the arrow and was like, oh, that's just where the one was before. Lowered the arrow and shot off of that gap. Yeah. It's ten ring. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It served me well. Yeah. yeah. I had that skill that I tried just for his tournament, tried to get. I was like, these guys got all the advantage. Marked yardages, that's bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I have to gap. Well, that was a dumbass thing to do. I worked on it for like a month. Yeah. It wasn't a, a learned system for me. It's it, There was just lots of I factors. I think I even walked up to you at one point and was like, you're never going to beat me unless you gap shoot. You're going yeah, to have to. Yeah, of course I've got a gap shoot then, yeah. you know. <laughs> <And> it, you <laughs> know. <laughs> Which is true. I, when I'm, say, I'm not saying you're not capable of beating me, but overall, an instinctive shooter is not going to beat a gap shooter. Uh, well, in, no. In a tournament. You, you don't have that level of precision. Mm -hmm. You know, give me unmarked yards or some funky terrain. I've got a, I've got a chance. You're saying I got a chance. Yeah. I got a one in a million. Well, the tournament thing, it's not, um, it's different, but the same, the same mental things and, and form and everything else, the same with a tournament is hunting, meaning you're under a pressure situation on a 3d course under pressure. You're, you're still going, you're going to screw up the same ways as you would on an animal. Some people shoot foam really well and fold up on an animal because the adrenaline portion or whatever, but you're still having the same failures in, in, in your form. What would you say, what are your, some of your form issues, Sarah? Um, collapsing. Yeah. For sure. A hundred percent. And I actually get 
more target panic when I'm doing a competitive shoot than I do hunting yeah. because I'm so competitive and I want to win. So if I have a bad shot at a shoot, I really fall apart. Um, hunting, it's kind of weird because it's like when the animals come in, I almost have like this weird calmness come over me. Like I'm almost like in a different world at the time. I wish I could have that, you know, target shooting. That's what I need to learn. That's where I need help. <laughs> cool. I know what to work on today. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it, it, it's probably good we're talking about this before you coach her because there's maybe things popping out that, you know, that'll yeah. work on. But I would say like on a, a 3D tournament, I would bet over time you'll best that and get to where you are. You As, as the confidence builds, I bet you'll be just as confident in a, in a tournament as you are hunting. I would, I would think. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, Joel, Joel I, says seek pressure, right? Mm-hmm. That is no truer thing. You got to seek pressure, learn to dominate it finally. Right. It makes you fail at first. You got to give it the middle finger and say, I'm going to do it anyway. And you got to learn to drive through that, yeah. whatever level that is. Yeah. What's you, for you, a 3D term is pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, shooting in front of students is pressure. That's yeah. the highest pressure I feel. Because, uh, hey, my credibility is on, on the line, my identity is on the line. So right. to speak. What's pressure for you, Aaron? What's what gives you pressure? That's a great question for everybody. It's I'm a, this is going to be horrible because I don't. You just don't have it. Don't have it. You can't. It. You can't think of a position that would cause you to want that shot a little harder. Cause not pressure. now. Have you ever seen it? Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm not wrong answer, I'm, Aaron. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not no, saying that's this cool. to sound. I mean, seriously, that have level you of ever, confidence. Have you ever seen me choke under pressure? No, because but you earn it. Yeah, who I, who shoots his, who shoots your error count? Who pl- who evaluates? Nobody shoots your error count probably, right. or very few people. But among that error count, you evaluate every single one of them. I'll bet you. I, I was just gonna say it, it did not come with a lot of hard work and effort because when I and, and I'll get from just saying that alone, I'll get hate mail or whatever, which I'm I'm used to. My point is, is that came f- from analyzing, practicing, you know. Uh, coming down and sitting down with Tom and saying, hey, watch me, filming, watching every shot. And, and again, breaking, when you go to a 3D course and I mark every target down, what I shot, where I hit, and then analyze that when I get back, not many people have that type of dedication. That confidence came from hard, hard work and effort. Yeah. And if you would ask me that 10 years ago, easy. I, I, I hated, I was like you. I And I'm mirroring because I'm looking at you probably like my little sister. Um a lot of the same problems. Like when I fucking hate to, I'll flip a table over to game of Candyland. I mm-hmm. hate to lose. Mm-hmm. What I have done is harnessed that and made it into rather where I, it bothered me of, I break everything down at a analytical level, figure out how I can get better. And I don't let it affect me anymore. It was better on animals at first. I was just like you bothered me at tournaments and on animals. I was fine. But on, on tournaments now where I walk up to a, a target, let's say, and I shoot a low five or a, a miss, now I look at it like, now we got a game. Now I really got to focus. Mm-hmm. Like, now I'm not only going to have this zero, I'm also going to fuck you up today. I'm going to beat you with a zero. That's the, in my opinion, I'm, you're, you're smiling, so I'm, gonna, I'm curious what you're thinking. <laughs> that is the mentality you have to have of you will never – well, you, with what your husband does, I'm sure he can mentally coach you. You are never out of it. You you always, there is a chance if you keep your shit together. Mm-hmm. It took a long time for me to get to that point. And there's certain people you just, if I shoot against Levi Morgan right now, with a hunting bow, I probably have a chance. I'm not going to give up, but he's the best in the world. 
I'm going to do everything I can to not look like a fool. I'm probably going to shoot better than I've ever shot. Am I going to beat Levi? I hope. Probably not. But I'm not going to go in it knowing I'm going to lose. I'm going into it saying, this is a chance for me to beat Levi Morgan. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen. It might not be enough. Yeah. But that all I can do is work on so you it. I have that confidence. Yeah. 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 Well, and as I say that, Levi at tournaments, unknown yardage, has beat the known pro course shooters at an unknown course. Same course. Mm-hmm. He beat them not knowing the yardage and they had a range finder. I got a chance, but it's not a great one, but I'm going to try. <laughs> I mean, he's Levi, right? Or whatever. And if you don't go into things that way, and I've been accused of being, you know, arrogant, and I guarantee you will too. Too cocky. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. But again, now I just embrace it and I'm like, well, you know what? I put the effort in. You put this much effort in. And, and you've seen me before where guys will talk. I'll be like, hey, grab your bow. Show me. Like, let's go to the course. Like, we don't need to talk about this. Show me what you have. That will definitely make you look arrogant, but it'll also prove a point if you kick the shit out of them that you're not going to choke under pressure. What are you thinking about all this? <laughs> well, just, just laughing. You, confidence doesn't come by accident. You can't say, okay, I'm going to be confident. It comes as a result of all that stuff you talked about. It comes as a result of I know what to do to make a good shot. I know where my mind has to go. I know I need to do this, this, and this. Anything else is hope. Yeah. No, and it, and it's true, and that's what, what Joel is, a very confident individual from what I've seen. He seems yeah. like it, which what some of the shots that, um, you know, Joel or some other people have, have made, if you don't have confidence, you could have the best form in the world, but if you don't have confidence, you're going to have a breakdown in form. If That probably didn't make any sense. It, you it could, does because the software just, runs the hardware. Yeah. yeah. yeah What's in your good. mind comes out of your body. Right. So, so if you can't tra- trap your mind on the task at hand, it ain't going to happen. With, without pressure, you could have the best form in the world. If pressure makes that fold, that's one of the reasons, like, I think it would be a hoot to have Joel and I shoot against each other. He's good at talking shit. He's very confident, and he's a great shot. Oh, we'll make that happen. I thought yeah. you guys have. <laughs> Haven't you done it before? At- Not really. It was no. a little balloon shoot, and uh, that what was interesting. Oh, yeah. That- <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember I had just set that bow up, and uh, my arrow was tearing stiff, and I was hitting on the left side of the balloon. All, and I'm like... I didn't make it a big deal because it's not that hard to aim three inches left. But yeah. I was like, this is not the day I should be doing this. But I think it was in It was your, a timed event. I mean, it was. It's a good way to get target it, panic is what it was. It was a was. great See, way to get target panic. That's what's going to get you then. Maybe that's it. Shooting against Joel. Timed competition. 20, 30-year snap shooter, I had all the advantages. Yeah, he kicked the shit out of all of us. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Tom won by far. And I remember you saying you had a, uh, what did you what did you call Home it? Home field advantage or something. No, you um, were. Uh, you. Um, you had talked years of it was uh you had years of snap shooting. Oh years, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, it was just like a three arrow shooting at balloon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 truly, like when you want to see someone fall or or rise, get four dudes together that can shoot good to talk shit. You'll yeah. you'll see where the rubber meets the road. I remember uh, you probably don't know, but Bill Pellegrino's a probably the greatest finger shooter with a compound to ever live. He owns a shop down in Colorado Springs. Yeah. It sucked with Bill. Now, I did I did see him choke one time, and I made sure and yelled out that everybody, Bill just shot this pig in the neck. Or one time I've ever seen him choke. The problem with Bill was, and I tried to, you know, uh, emulate this, he got better as the pressure kicked in. Like, he didn't go downhill. The harder it got, he got better. And I'm like, my God, how do you beat this guy? He only, well, you, you just work on becoming, becoming better, but... I think, though, with, with you, if you harness that, 
at a certain amount of time, you'll be unbeatable because you'll just work harder than everyone else. Yeah. But you definitely have to get that super competitive nature out of you. And I can say that from experience of if you can harness it to a, let's say you're at a state 3D and this is very realistic to happen, compound or trad, and you get in a shoot off and you don't like the person in the shoot off and you just want to beat them it is going to be very difficult for you to win because you hate that person or dislike that person so much that your brain will take over Mm -hmm. and you'll do dumb shit to try to win. Would you agree with that? Yeah. (laughs) I'm only saying that because I've been there. (laughs) But but if you are able to harness that and, uh, and, and, and especially if you can walk up to the, to the, to the T confident and you, they see your hands not shaking and you're making jokes and, they've lost. They're like, fuck, Sarah's got her shit together. And now they are thinking, are panicking. Are panicking. Yeah. And there's mind games to, other than shit talking. Oh yeah. There's mind games that you can, Jeff Hopkins. I remember people talking about, he would just like, if this is you, as you're shooting, he'd walk up and look at you just like this. Just that close. Right. How much would that screw up most people? Oh, like, John Denver does that. He leans on a tree right in your peripheral vision. <laughs> I got to shoot with him once. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and that'll that'll crush guys. Where me, well, it made me more determined. I was like, watch this. Well, I just say, in, in me, you look at it like, all right, keep watching, buddy. Because here's it's going how you yeah. don't beat Aaron. Don't tell him you're going to. Yeah. <laughs> you here's yeah. Uh, this is the stupidest thing you're going to do. Right. Is just show confidence to mm-hmm. him, or show competitiveness to him. You got to sneak up on there. I'm just <laughs> here. All you guys out here, this is how you do it. God, I'm so glad I get to shoot with you. I hope I just shoot decent with you today. If you have that intention to beat him, tell him, I hope I can get just show a good shot to you today. Do not challenge him. You will get his best. Yeah. No, it, it's true. And, it, and it, it's probably um, a downfall if I'm shooting with lackadaisical people and uh, mm-hmm. I'll shoot worse. Mm-hmm. If I'm shooting with, well, that team shoot was a good example. I don't know what I shot, but it was in the one eighties, both rounds or something stupid crazy out of 20 targets. But I didn't want to look stupid for one. And I told Cody, my, my partner with the compound, I said, dude, just shoot around a one eighty Cause mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking destroy everyone and no one will be any farther. There's not going to be a compound shooter to shoot good enough above you to compensate the ass whooping <laughs> I'm about to hand out. I'm sure I'm going to get blasted for this, but I, I literally told him that I was like, dude, I'm on cause I am concentrating. And I told Amy, I said, no fucking around today. I will be on target every time. I stepped it. I just, as you say, I, I, I shot my shot. There wasn't one target where I didn't execute at the highest level I possibly could. Now, I didn't make great shots on every shot, but for a stick bow, being a high 180s both rounds, I didn't let my, I didn't have a, a collapse in like concentration. Like yeah. I was concentrating on every shot. And if someone shot a good shot, which can sometimes, make you go down Mm -hmm. i'm like well mine's gonna be better Better, and it is not it is easy to say that it is you you come here in the summer what tops this off though is this course is hard it's not up and down (laughs) it's down and side hill down on the opposite side hill up on the side hill up it's footing sucks uh angles suck it's on the side of a mountain obstructions Mm -hmm. suck i mean this is a tough course yeah it was good it was fun we're gonna have it again this year you should come out yeah we're a compound trad deal or whatever but yeah the one thing that was when when we came when we when we did this you know shoot and we were trying to figure out partners and teams the big variable was who was going to choke like there was multiple teams that could have won that yeah um, in the mix of things there sure were oh yeah like we we had uh, like Jake was partnered with Phil 
Uh, yeah. Mendoza, Phil Pretty Kishida. Pretty damn tough team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jake doesn't, you know, choke under pressure. And then uh, Blake was partnered with, I can't remember who, but great team. I had Frank. I'm like, ah, I got a chance. Yeah. <laughs> and then I and I was the weak link that day. So, oh, uh, well. The thing that, like, and Blake will tell you this, which was funny, is when Blake would start to shoot good, he said, dude, you're you're demoralizing. I would shoot better. So when he would lay a 10, I'm like, all right, I'd shoot a 12. And he's like, dude, it was the most demoralizing thing I ever faced. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'm on a home course for one. Like, I, yeah. this is by my house. I'm like, two, why would I let your arrow affect my brain? It, it's just an arrow, and it's not going to affect my shot. That's easy for me to say today. Rewind 10 years. Strutting turkey at 37, you got yards, and a guy shoots at 12. Immediately, my mind would be like, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to be able to make that shot. Where now, I'm like, ah, I can do that. you know. And, and it takes time to get to that point. And it's not like I'm not capable of – I mean, I do dumb shit all the time. But, I mean, if you get a harness on that, it's I think mentally is the issue when you talk about competition, not just a 3D course. You can go out and shoot good. But when you get somebody you dislike in your group – that'll fuck you up like that is something i think you really need to to, to work on yeah. um you know to 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 harness that what are you thinking tom true 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 <laughs> my new year's resolution that's what i'm gonna do this year yeah well actually uh, talking about resolution what is your kind of your say goals or whatever but what are you hoping like uh are, are you wanting to go totally stick bow are you wanting to kind of 50 like what are you thinking and in, in where kind of direction you're heading I'll probably do 50-50. I want to do some spot and stocks. All my kills this year with my Chad bow were from a stand, and I know the spot and stock game is completely different, Mm -hmm. and so I want to make that a goal. I think that's my biggest thing right now that I'm working on. Gotcha. So I just have to see what hunts I can get lined up that will I'll be able to do that, which who knows with COVID. You're always looking for the next challenge. Yeah. Well, my husband's laughing at me because when we were in Texas this last time in December, he brought a buddy with him um, who's a retired special forces guy. And he's all wound up about using an atlatl. And I didn't even know what that was. So he's telling me about this. We're in this group. He's telling me he's making one, all this stuff. And I'm like, this sounds freaking awesome. Like, I want to kill something with an atlatl now. And so then he gets wound up because he's like, oh, will you do it with me? Can I show you? Like, can we do this? Can we come back? I'm like, hell yeah, we're going to do this. And my husband's just over there shaking his head. And he's like, why? Why are you (laughs) always having to, like, one-up yourself? You just started stick bow. You're not doing a damn atlatl. I'm like, I'm doing it. (laughs) So we're all excited. And one of the guides is there. And he turns to my husband. And he's like, is she really going to do this? He's like, oh, fuck yeah, she is. (laughs) She will come back to this ranch next year with one of those damn things. And he's like, I've seen both of you throw, and this is going to be awful. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's funny. I mean, who knows? I, that might be another goal. But I am always looking for a new challenge. So, But I do need to get some more, you know, like I said, recurve kills, some spot and stocks, and I might miserably fail at that. Who knows? I think that um, I would bet you only probably fail a couple times because you would be interested because you've been spotting and stocking way longer than me. The first stock you go on, if it's semi-successful, you will learn – so much from the first couple stocks. Mm-hmm. The problem is with spot and stocks, once you actually get to the animal, you have to hit the fucker, right? Like the, there's a lot going, we talked about it earlier. So when you're, you're assessing everything in front of you sticks and twigs, you know, w- once you get to the animal, you, now you have to be able to perform a, a good shot. Yeah. Um, so it, I, you, what do you call imperceptible movements? Mm-hmm. Like to perform an imperceptible movement in the middle of a stock while you have shit running down both legs is difficult. You right. really have to get your mind under control to not make aggressive, 
you know, movements and things like that. I don't think it'll be as, I, I doubt you'll have much issue. You'll probably fuck yeah. up a few times. Well, it's all but. the tactics of getting there. I'm not worried about when it gets to the point of me doing the shot itself. Just I need to learn a lot about getting that close to an animal. I, that's what I mean. I don't think you'll have as much issues because yeah. you'll learn so much on the first couple that it kind of carries you through. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, Tom, but yeah. you blow a few shit stocks, you're going to pick it up. You know exactly. Quick. You're going to push it too yeah. hard. <laughs> right. You're going to learn your limits. You're going to yeah. push it too hard. You're yeah. going to learn that's a little too forceful. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to back it up. And then you find that pace that you can have success with. Yeah. And I uh, talked with South quite a bit about this because, you know, there's times you can run on a stock. There's times you got to get naked. Like, yeah. Literally, like South gets his underwear. Wait, my legs are too white. They'll run off. But there are times where it'll take 20 minutes to go five yards. There's other times it'll, you can sprint. Well, that was one of the problems Cody had. That we're, we're, we're stalking on these animals and he sees me sprint 45 yards forward. Now I've got a shot, but my shooter's not there. And I yeah. look back, I'm like, come on. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I could make it up there. I'm like, uh, I made it. And you didn't, and now we didn't get the shot. Yeah. And and he had trouble learning that high wind especially, you get away with a lot more. Like, I prefer to hunt in higher wind with a stick bow because you sneak up and shoot them at 10 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where where your parameters are of when you can move and when you can't and when you can get away with, I I don't think you'll have that much, you know, issue. I, I would actually bet that you make the stock and screw the shot up more than you think because well, the yeah. shot is difficult at the end of a – you're mentally exhausted after a long stock. I, I am like it. I mean, what would you say? Would you say on a stock would be that I, I would say lack of patience is most people. Lack of patience. Number it, one. Because yeah. it sucks. I mean, yeah. it takes a long time sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you said, I don't know what you said to move five yards, but that sucks. 20 minutes. Yeah. 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 Well, I did do a successful stock on Audad in Texas. Like yeah. we went to go to sit in one of the stands and we saw him on the way and I was like, shit, I guess we're doing, and I had a camera guy with me who had never gone on a hunt before. This was like his first time filming hunts. So I'm like, shit, not only have I not really done this, he hasn't done this. And these animals are like so on edge, like this is going to be impossible. But I'm like, we're going to try it. And I did it and I was successful, but then it got down to the shot and it was 29 yards and it was low. It was a complete miss. But I was, like, stoked that I did it. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I yeah. actually, So, yeah, it's doable, but. No, no, I, I think it'll be. Because it gets be. boring. Part of it, it's boring. Yeah. You're I get, moving that slow because yeah. you're in peripheral vision or something, so you have no option. Get complacent. You can sit still or you can have some movement that's furthering the cause. It's boring sometimes. Yeah. Well, when we give you an idea, like on that last out that I uh, had shot, I had to round the entire mountain that they were there. If you can imagine, they were in a little bowl. I had to round the entire left side all the way to the back of them, popping up, peeking, making sure that where they were, because they were moving and I thought they would egress back. And so once I got back to the back, I'm like, okay, I'm realistically could get a shot, but they're still a hundred and some yards from me. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I think I have enough time to low crawl to this, this bush or whatever. And it was like 40 yards up. So that took a, quite some time, and there's cactus, and in and in your case, you have issues up. We yeah, have issues down. down low. So <laughs> low crawling through that is you have to stay cognizant. Or like right now, I'm still picking them out of my quads and knees from from Arizona, but you have to just suck that up and keep going. And then you, I got to that tree, and at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going to kill one of these. 
well, then the, the, the lamb and the you come up and potentially, you know, so there's a lot of things going on mm-hmm. during all this to keep your, your you know, your crap together. And, and at certain times, I think in Alberta, I was pinned down in the same spot on that like 240 buck for like five hours and, and does blew it out. Now, coming from the me you knew before, I just shoot it at 100 yards. I mean, I could shoot a compound well enough. Now that's like a par five and I've got to get. So that's the, the patience. The stick bow has made me way more patient because I, I don't have a choice. I, I have yeah, to you have to get closer. closer. Yeah. yeah. So. Do you feel disadvantaged with stick bow now? Not now, no. Outside of 40, I mean, obviously I, I do. Yeah. But but you have the ability to get to 40. Or yeah, or so you or don't really thing. feel disadvantaged. Remember that? No, there's a, no. I, I, I was really curious to ask that question because that first year it, it would drive him nuts. Like I could have killed it with the compound. I go, right. and I was like, Nah, you'll lose that. No, I won't. That will always drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does it, that? Did I that change? Yeah, I don't think about it now. Yeah, now you don't. They brought it up in hunting camp. They're like, How many mule deer would you have killed with your compound? I said, Everyone I went after. We but got- it's not as rewarding because I started down that road too. Yeah. But then I thought about it and I was like, It wouldn't have been as rewarding anyway. So I'd rather just not get the animal at all. Yeah. And I shot a couple animals with a compound this year and it just kind of reaffirmed that it's not as much fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially, well, and he's seen me shoot a compound when you can. I shot a doe at 89 yards in a, that cow elk at 98 or 94. Not a lot of hunting skill <laughs> involved in that. And the doe just ran out. Uh, I had my recurve and I shot a buck. The doe ran out and I had the compound in the tree. And I'm like, oh, that's not far enough today. Um, and I shot her with the compound. Mm-hmm. And, and then the elk, it came up at like 90-something yards. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I can hit that and killed it. There wasn't, I mean, I'm glad I shot the elk because I wanted the meat. But yeah. There's a lot more shooting uh, involved in that than, than hunting. Um, when you're shooting really anything past 50 or 60, it's a lot more shooting skills than hunting because the the problem, especially on a stock, is getting to 40 is actually relatively easy. After that, it's it's a problem. Um, I mean, I for me, I mean, I'd say 40 is probably that yeah yeah that that time where you know I watched Matt Davis blow a 190 inch deer out because his nose kept dripping, and he went in on this buck early right when it planted and you have a, a choice if you do that if 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 you go in early you have to be willing to sit until let's say two o'clock when they get up for their stretch their back or I don't have that ability to wait very often well he went in there and his nose was running because it was so cold and and then the one of the times he went and mm. blew out off of literally just a like Wiping his hand on his yeah jacket. off his it, it hit his vinyl harness oh, oh. At, at nine yards, he basically walked up to that deer like he was in Seven Eleven. No problem at all because the buck was buried. But snot yeah. will get you because uh, this wow. ripen this. Because for Simplest me, it's thing. yeah, yeah. You know, and then I'm like, like some of the probably the funniest snot scenes you'd ever see is me inside of twenty yards on a cold day because I can't. And so I'll have these snot sickles hanging because my nose runs all the time, and I'm yeah. like flicking them off, and I'm like, I hope they're not filming this because it is that important, that close. You can't because that's an unknown noise to them, and they'll they'll blow out. What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking of my wife. She's a snot nosed woman. Is she exercises, and she's constantly sniffing. We're trying to be quiet. It's a funny thought. That's why you saw a smile. Yeah. Well, you think in a, in a ground blinds the same way, especially like because it's a couple of animals you shot high fence. Mm-hmm. Um, those animals are, and I'm, you know, whether you agree with it or not, I, I have never hunted high fence, but I've been uh, in high fence areas. They are way more tuned up because they're. Yeah, they're, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you about that. 
because when I, because I've gotten shit from people, as you can imagine. Oh, people sent me messages about it. That's what I did. And I'm like, okay, well, I just heard you on a podcast. I think the Stickbow Chronicles talking about you being in Texas. Well, you had other hunts planned too that got shit canned because of COVID. Same thing. I was supposed to go to all these places, have all these hunts. It didn't work out. I had the opportunity to go to Texas. I actually went there for that first time for the immersion clinic. And I wanted to see what I could do with the stick bow. Yeah. Shit. So that's what I did that year. But yeah. And then explaining those animals are so much more in tune, like you said, because they're so used to being hunted. Like I can't. At that specific spot is the problem. They know. Over and over and over every day. Danger. Danger. Yeah. Yeah, And they're constantly checking. Constantly. (laughs) Like you can hold as still as you want, be dead quiet, and they're just going to keep looking. And. I remember my camera guy was with me and it was, like I said, his first time doing this. And I tried to get drawn back probably 10 times and I, I couldn't because even if the animal you're going after isn't looking at you, one of the other ones is going to be. And so he's like, man, I was getting frustrated for you. Like, and it happened three or four times I sat without even being able to get to full draw because they are so on alert. Yeah. And there, there is some high fence areas that the animals are pretty much you know tame texas is not one of those areas but there's one spot in alberta where you know a guy messaged me if i should come up and hunt and he was showing me the photos and i was like is this high fence and he was like yeah yeah because how he priced it because initially i thought oh this is a badass alberta hunt nothing wrong with this if you choose to do it it's just like he was like well this bull is you know whatever a 357 and he's 5200 dollars." and i'm like um how does that work for elk exactly? And he's like, well, this, he's coming into this water hole. I'm like, oh, that's high fence. And they're yeah. very methodical with who they let in. When they ha- there's more hunters with high fence, the animals, they're just shot at more. So they're coming. They're just, they're on edge. Yeah. And, and the thing that I've found with, you know, and I, I have super thick skin and just kind of laugh at it is I got a bunch of shit for hunting in Oklahoma and Texas. Um, you know, like the whole state's high fence and I'm shooting gimme animals. And I was just like, well, I had to fit in. The other option was not go hunting. Right. You know, so I I fit in all these hunts. And I like hunting with Scotty. And what I brought up was with you guys talking shit, come down and shoot a free-range owl dad in the Davis Mountains. Let me know how that works out for you. I said, I'll pay for your hunt to the one guy. But if you don't kill one, you owe me 20 grand. But I'll pay for the (laughs) entire hunt, and I'll be your guy. But if you don't kill one, I want 20 grand. Show me what you're made of. Like, come down and show me it's easy hunting in the Davis Mountains for our dad. Yeah. Like, I wasn't mad at what he was saying. I was laughing at it. But I'm like, dude, seriously, put your money where your mouth is. I'll pay for your hunt. But right. if you don't kill one, I'm getting a shitload of money. You better sell your truck or just stop talking shit. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is with what, like, with a couple of the messages I got, and it wasn't very many, were like, you know, the animals you shot, they don't count. It's high fence. And I'm like, well, go give it a whirl. You yeah. Know, anybody it's can harder do it. than you think. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying the animals are stuck in there. They're coming. Yeah. And it's it, getting the arrow off is yeah. the problem. And where I was, I mean, it was a fairly big, I think it's like 3000 acres. Yeah. And we, st- I still did spot and stocks there too. And all yeah. kinds. I mean, but like I said, it was my first year with the recurve. I was supposed to go to Africa. My plan was to hunt in Africa with it. And then when that fell through because we couldn't get there, then I was like, I'll just do Texas. And some of that shit's jealousy too, though. Like, you know yeah, I, mean. I, I had to, <laughs> I've stepped back and analyzed that. And like my brother and I were talking one day because some of it gets to me. I'm pretty thick skinned too. And I'm kind of just like, fuck you guys, whatever. But sometimes it'll get to me. And he's like, look at the people though, that are saying this, like go, yeah. some of them don't even have profile pictures or anything. It's just yeah. like a ghost profile. And they're just 
you know, so yeah, you, you're never going to have people talk shit to you that are more successful than yeah. you. It's always they, the people that are less successful that you're getting it from. Cam says that actually quite, he does. quite a bit. And yeah. it's true. And when I stopped and looked at the people that were saying it, yeah. I was like, that's a hundred percent what it is. Yeah. And, and, and I get on, on, for, uh, where, where I get the, the flack. Cause I do get to hunt more than pretty much any human known to man. So mm-hmm. I'd probably throw in some digs there too about, well, you get to hunt way more. I do, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I, I totally admit that the one thing what I try to combat is like, Hey, I'm just giving you info off my experiences. Yes, I get to hunt more and other people would probably kill just as much as me if they got to hunt as much as me, but they can't. And so I'm just giving you the info of what I've learned, especially when you talk about broadhead penetration, animal behavior, you just learn a lot. You know, you put more arrows through animals, especially, I don't know how many blood trail pictures I get of like, Hey, you know, am I going to find this animal? And I'm like, give me the, give me the rundown. Mm -hmm. And it's like, are you remembering what you want to remember? Or are you remembering what happened? Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, are you remembering the arrow hitting it perfect? Or did it hit it in the ass and you're remembering it hit it perfect? (laughs) Perfect, Because what you just told me sounds like a low brisket hit. No, no, no. I pinwheeled it. And I'm like, the blood trail is saying low brisket. Are you sure? (laughs) And, and, and it's just, you go on enough blood trails, you, you kind of learn, you know, you learn, you're constantly learning, you know, obviously with, with anything in the outdoors. I mean, how many times have you hit an animal where you, you, you totally thought you hit one spot, but then it was not where you hmm. thought. I'm pretty good at it. I, I don't want to sound weird, but no, no, some people I, are. I really see, I really see it well. I, I can't remember a time. Now, people I've been with, super common, but I just seem to see what where the arrow hits. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember a mistake, but I know that's weird. I've had people test me. I was hunting. Was constant with this old guy, and I shot this damn deer high. And he, unbeknownst to me, it walked out into his field, and he shot it. It was limped out in his field. And he had, what happened tonight? So I said, "Where'd you hit it?" I said, I, "It's high scapula." It's, he, he says, "Get the cart. We're going to go look." And I said, "Nah, it's a bad hit. Mm-hmm. I think we should just can Back the off. cart. We got to yeah. go check it out, and we can check tomorrow. But don't take the cart. It's not. A, it's not a good hit." <laughs> The old dude was just testing me. He killed a deer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knew exactly. Yeah. He goes, no, grab the cart. Your deer's dead. <laughs> I go, where'd I hit it? He goes, just where he said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's not bad to be wrong about something like that, though. That ended up good. <laughs> we get to work together here pretty quick. I know. I'm excited, and I'm bringing my friend Stephanie to the shop and maybe get her set up with a bow, and she's never shot a bow before. So, Well, a crossbow. I'm like, that don't count. <laughs> what do so. you think you need to work on? Um, like I said, keeping back tension all the way through the shot. I mean, I know I'm collapsing because my arrows are going way right sometimes. Um, I remember when I shot that odd ad, I sent Joel the picture of it and he's like, where'd you hit it at? And it, it was too far to the right. He's like, you're collapsing. He was breaking down my shot. Tell me what I did wrong just by, he knew, he already knew because he's seen me shoot. So I know for sure that's something. Yeah. Well, I almost was going to coach you, but I want to see it, so yeah. I don't want to give you And I've you the... got new limbs, heavier limbs now, too. Yeah. So yeah. I got those 45 makes the pounds. Fight a little harder. And so Excellent. It's, yeah. Okay. It's a We're going to fix you right up, and okay. then afterwards you can talk about it. Okay. Very good. The, the, uh, talk about the arrow, and I heard some of your, you know, story, but yeah. I'm, Cody talked about 
when he shot his owl dad and I was with him and, and he shot and I immediately said liver lung and then took off in a sprint because when they jump off into this Paladero Canyon, they're hard to track. His, you should listen to the podcast just to laugh at him. He's funnier than shit. I think um, I did listen to that one, some of it. Yeah, because he was talking about a... See the Trad Lab? Yeah, Trad yeah. Lab. What was he saying? Like, oh, is this a jelly donut pile? Because I'm I'm not mean, but I am very direct. When, yeah. You know, and I'm like, dude, shoot, now, shoot. <laughs> and he shot it, and I, he immediately was like, oh, no. And I said, nope, liver lung, we're good. And then I took off in a dead sprint. I'm very good at rem- remembering, Analyzing. but there, that bull I shot this year, I didn't find. I called my wife, said, hey, I'll be home tonight. Easy pack out. I just hit a bull. Called Cody, said, hey, that bull's going to be dead. We never found it. You know, where it hit, I don't know, but I, I thought it was a 12. It was nine yards away. Doesn't happen very often, but I know a lot of times guiding it's easy or helping. to happen. It's yeah. easy to happen. Dude, 12 rings, smoked it. And then we find it three hours later. I'm like, yeah, and the fucking liver like <laughs> right. where's your 12 ring you know but they remember it hitting in a the spot that they hope and how many blood trails have you been on where the guys like i smoked it and uh, a couple dozen easy. yeah <laughs> yeah easy a couple dozen but it, it's good if i i feel if you're like tom or you can remember where you hit you you've got a real good mental control because that's where the, the breakdown is if you lose your shit and you can't remember what happened yeah you probably had trouble with shot execution but if you can remember what happens during your shot and some people can't um some people hunt their whole life can't remember yeah um if you can remember that's a good sign that you've got mental mental control i i think i don't know what yeah. you think tom yeah and, and it could be just really good vision uh i don't know it's like yeah. i've had shots where i didn't see where it hit i didn't know where it hit i've had shots where that big bull in the shop i shot him i did not see the arrow hit I saw exactly where it was at his, on his first jump, and I knew it was a hard shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I looked that, for four and a half hours and couldn't find it. And, and that's because you're like me and you can't see blood for shit. <laughs> yeah, that's are you guys, true. Are you guys colorblind? No, I'm not. And Danny colorblind? and Tommy walked for five hours to get to me, and Danny found it in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I, happens too. I I can see I can see red pretty much anybody that's been. A, I am a amazing tracker. Mm-hmm. I cannot find blood worth a shit. And I'll be the first to admit that. Like, when the blood trail ends is where I jump in. But before that, I somebody else is on the blood. I just can't see it It's made well. you be a good tracker. Yeah, yeah that's that's why I am a good tracker is I blood trail like shit. I mean, literally, it's, it is embarrassing as I'm walking trying to blood trail and there's guys eight feet behind me, blood, yeah. and I just walked by it. And then I'm like, Sucks. maybe you should lead this. You yeah, know? some like, people are way better at it than others, that's yeah. for sure. I would say, like, a, uh, you know, for, for me, um, blood trailing, the, 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 the best thing I have going for me is animal behavior and tracking because there's just times I can't, I can't see blood. Um, you know, and it, with that, um, if you're like you and have had very successful shots for the most part, you're going to be a shitty blood trailer because you haven't, haven't had, had to. Haven't had to do it. Yeah. I've had some friends, because I was kind of like that with a compound, but I had friends that were horrible shots that made me a better blood trailer. I've done that, too. I've <laughs> done a lot of tracking for other people, that's for sure. Yeah, um, Women seem to pick up red better than men. I think it's actually scientifically it might proven. Might be, yeah. 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 Well, there yeah. was um, the doe that I shot in Texas this year. I didn't even know that I hit her. I, for one, I had shot at so many does and missed them. I had zero confidence in hitting one. And I was up there and um, with my camera guy, and it was pretty early, and I shot thought that I had missed her and she kind of went off in a direction where I couldn't see anyways. And we finished out the hunt. We sat for like another hour, hour and a half. And 
someone came to pick us up, um, my friend Lexi, and she's like, what's this arrow out here? And I was like, oh, that's my arrow of shame. Don't look at it. I'll come get it. And she's like, well, it's covered in blood. I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, dude, it's full pass through. Did you shoot at something? I go, I shot at a doe, but I didn't think I hit her. So I out pick up my arrow, sure as shit. I'm like, dang, I look up, there's the doe, freaking yeah, 50, 50 yards away. in front of me, which I could have seen her from the stand where she ended up going, but I ended up, she did some crazy ninja moves and did something where I hit her right through the artery of the neck and she was just bleeding out. And I was like, dang, that, that, <laughs> uh, that. that has definitely happened to me a couple of times. One of the bucks I shot last year in Oklahoma, um, I like that, not, you know, I get back, but I, I like that shot between the shoulder and neck at like eight yards where they're, they're looking or whatever I shot and it spun and I knew I hit it. I thought I'd pinwheeled it and mm -hmm. I got a, and there was blood in trees, right? There's blood everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I look and the hole is where it should be. And then I roll it over and there's the hole over here and yeah. I'm like, Oh, he pulled some matrix shit on me. I yeah. shot it straight through the jugular. Yeah. And so there was blood. And they bleed a lot. I mean, oh, that's where man. I hit her. And there's blood everywhere. Jeez. Yeah. Well, and I literally, it was eight yards away. It moved that fast. Because when I yeah. got out of the stand, I'm like pinwheel straight through, caught the top of the heart, lungs. Yeah, I hit it straight through the jugular. <laughs> <laughs> blood everywhere. But, um, well, Tom, um, before we release you of your duties here, do you got anything you want to add? <laughs> oh, man, we've, we've covered a lot. Yeah. I think... Uh, you know, I think that one thing that we're going to be working with Sarah, if you're going to take away a shooting thing as a coach, we get too tied up in aiming. Mm -hmm. And we're tied up in aiming, we can't finish the shot properly. Uh, I can't emphasize that's the number one cause. I don't care, compound recurves, it's the number one thing. I know that's what's happening to Sarah. She's getting tied up in aiming. Aim is not a fleeting moment you have to capture right now. Yeah. The aim will... Be durable for three full seconds. If you just reconfirm it's durable for another three seconds through the subconscious maintaining it. You just need to build a gradient. You have to put a good aim on it, and the subconscious will handle it. Mm -hmm. You have to make that transition from the aim into the correct conclusion of your shot. So as a coaching thing, of course, I always going to go there. That's what I want to finish with. And I got rid of my clicker, too, by the way. There's yeah. another wrench to throw in we for you. I, I've been shooting without a clicker for a while now. Yeah, so when you said you're losing tension, I said, oh, we got to get that transition back. I know yeah. exactly what we're going to work on. <laughs> well, cool. Well, Tom, um, I pre well, I say the same thing every time. I appreciate everything, everything you've done for me, all the coaching, and I certainly would would not be where I'm at uh, without you as far as on the traditional archery side of things. So I, I thank you for everything. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, all the time I've spent with you has been nothing but a pleasure. I learned a lot from you, buddy. Yeah, well, that, that's a scary thought, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, everybody, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it.